Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing Movie. Our movie this week is Groundhog Day. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or Blu-ray, press play, press pause. When the, what is this, Columbia logo fades to black? The first fan you perceive of all black, press pause. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause, at which point I'll press play, you'll press play, and you'll put your little hand in mine, and baby, there's no mountain we can't climb, and, you know, don't forget your booties because it's cold out there. This whole thing will be like any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. Myself, as always, Tate Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. And what are you doing, movie newcomer Megan Mayhem? Howdy. Hi, Megan Mayhem. Woo. Groundhog Day is this glorious little thing that I'm so glad it happened. And the thing that I hadn't really noticed until recently, because I've always loved this movie, but I didn't realize until just like just recently, like today, this is effectively the same as a Bruce Almighty or a one of like a Liar Liar or basically most Jim Carrey movies in terms of it's a high concept weirdo go with us on our magic bean studio comedy. And it doesn't actually, it's not much different from those movies. And yet for some reason it feels different. Uh, the premise seems exactly like that. And then somehow they just pull it off in such a really spectacular way that it unfolds. And the more you watch it, the more you realize this is a really excellent work of theme and character development and all the things we're always talking about. And I love Groundhog Day. It's one of my favorite movies. Brian Lee Finifter. <laughs> yes, I love this movie. I feel like this will probably be a love fest. It's a perfect, it's a great idea and it's fully developed. You know, it's not like... <clears throat> It's, it's not like it's one of those movies where it's a great concept and you go, oh, man, as, as we so often do, go, oh, but if they had done this or they had done that or they had tweaked this, that would have been, you know, that would have mined every nugget of gold out of this idea. Maybe we'll come up with those, but certainly rewatching it last night and this morning and, and all the times I've ever watched it, uh, you know, over the years. It's uh, a perfect comfort movie. I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't even call it a perfect I wouldn't even call it a comfort movie necessarily, um, but <laughs> well, it is kind of horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really horrifying things going on under the hood and not so under the hood and tells a really, really worthwhile story. Like the actual like point of the story being told, I think, is incredibly worthwhile and a point that should be made more forcefully to more human beings, in my opinion. High five Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> now, Mike fucking hates this movie. Shut up. How dare you? <laughs> Uh, no, this this movie is absolutely, and it was an instant classic. It's one of those movies that immediately enters the lexicon. You know, people refer to Groundhog Day as just the same way we do with like Inception. Now, it's like it instantly it's a premise becomes a term yeah. mm-hmm. that you can use to refer to. Uh, they, they even you know. use it in the military sometimes. Oh yeah, Groundhog Day scenarios. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be interested in exploring it because you were saying it, it has, you know, tells a great story and has a great message. The thing about it is there are so many things you can take out of it. I, I think one of the reasons that everybody loves it is you can come at it from any number of different angles and it's applicable and it fully explores all, all of those different angles somehow. It's like a full curriculum of human behavior. Yeah. And I'll mention now, because um, I'll, I'll probably refer back to it uh, occasionally, the, the screenwriter, the original uh, screenwriter, Ruben? Danny Rubin, he wrote a book called How to Write Groundhog Day. No way. Where he oh. basically put in essentially the, the spec draft of the script, the one that got the movie greenlit. And there'll be footnotes at each point, and he'll go, here's why I did this. Here's why I made this choice in the script. Here's why I made this choice, and here's why it changed before it got to the movie, etc., etc. So it's a really fascinating book. Like I said, I bring it up now because I'm sure I'll be referring to it throughout the commentary. Um, but even there, you can see, like you said, this is just kind of a lightning strike of, a great premise that you can just explore and really discover any number of things with it. And it's, it is in an interesting way, like nobody has ever experienced this. And yet we've all feel like 
this is a common experience yeah. that we're all responding to. Sort of like the Truman Show. You know, nobody's actually feeling that, but we've all had that feeling. So when the Truman Show came out, we were like, oh my God, I've, I've felt like that. It just, codified, it just codified a thing. Yeah. And it's so the, every day is exactly the same scenario. Yeah. Even if it's not literally exactly the same, it feels like that in life. Yeah. That's why it's so lovable. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm, that's, that's me. <laughs> I told you, it fucking hates it. No. Megan, well, ma'am. Yes. Groundhog Day. Uh, well, I mean, everything everybody else has said, but also I, I could not imagine anybody other than Bill Murray playing this character, even though there were suggestions of other choices, uh, because his entire character as an actor is sort of the insufferable jackass that you can't help but fall in love with. Yeah. Yeah. And charming but mean. Is yeah. The way you, you, charming. You really want yeah. to hate him because he's a complete douche nozzle, mm-hmm. but you can't. Because yeah. you wish you could have the balls just to say that and not <laughs> yeah. care. Yeah. I mean, just like his character in Ghostbusters. I'm sorry, I've seen him eat. I, uh, yeah, his, his character in, in Ghostbusters. You know, you're like, God, you're such a jackass. But, but he's still him. one of the favorite characters. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to watch this. All right. You're at the point where the Columbia logo has faded to black like we are here. Put your finger on the button. Three, two, one, on pause. Yeah. I didn't revisit this, by the way, but I have every confidence that I remember it completely. <laughs> There's something, something <laughs> I was picking up on today that I, I hadn't noticed prior, prior to this is... You associate Ramis with a lot of really great movies that he directed or wrote or starred in or all three of those things, but he's an oddly, like, I had never noticed how well directed this movie is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good director. I mean, you you gotta, he he is primarily a director. I mean, a lot of people know him because he was Egon in Ghostbusters, but it's like, he was, he's, he's a director first and foremost and also a writer. And they just asked him to do Egon because, like, fuck it, it'll save us time in casting. Like, that's why, basically, why he played Egon. He's he wasn't primarily an actor who became a director. He was primarily a director who happened to act occasionally. Well, also, well, he, he, he had preparation for the role too. anyway because he really does collect spores, molds, and he fungus. was in stripes too. So, is, is it the same situation? Because I, I haven't I'm, actually seen stripes. I'm not oh, stripes. Sure. stripes. You're, you're going to enjoy stripes. Yeah, stripes, stripes is whole. great. Um, but uh, the. Get away from that blue screen. Put yeah. some distance between you, man. Yeah. The, the clouds are actually a, a subtle um, reference to uh, one thing that sets this movie, I think, apart from something like Liar, Liar or Bruce Almighty. Or Yes and, Man or and, whatever. And that makes it uh, so unique and, and um, interesting. And, and it's the obvious thing up front is that it is never explained why this happened. Yeah. There is no explanation to... The to little kid blowing up the what candles or whatever. Is, yeah. Uh, and... It's um, just the... Uni- it's just this universe fucking with him. Yeah. Because... <laughs> which is... Which is <laughs> like the, the magic bean <laughs> at its most core thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to accept this without explanation, but you better tell me a good story. And this movie does. And so nobody... Nobody, we should actually mention Groundhog Day more in conversations about magic beans because that's a that's a selling point of this movie. This is a crazy high concept thing that would never ever happen, and the movie doesn't ever explain it, right. and nobody cares. Yeah, it is exactly. That's how strong a magic bean can work the, in the story. The studio, of course, was afraid that people would care and ask them to write scenes like explaining it. There was a gypsy curse. There was a jilted girlfriend. Blah 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 blah. Well done, um, guys, I for avoiding those notes. I, I believe well they wrote the scenes I don't believe they ever actually is, shot them isn't there uh, at least in one draft the the magical black bartender is is it the might reason be. why it well, constantly they, goes uh-huh. yeah yeah because they they cut to you can still see kind of see a trace of that where they cut to him and mm-hmm. he's got this knowing smile yeah, in the in that. the uh, in the thing he's like I wrote like twenty versions of yeah. why it could happen Ramus wrote twenty versions of why it could happen it's always um, the old wise black man yeah and ultimately ultimately they decided it wasn't necessary and and the bigger point and and I think one of the reasons that this movie succeeds not it, not just in spite of that but because of that is 
as as they point as he points out in his book, once you create, you know, the the once you once you codify the magic bean, once you say it was some scientist working on a time machine, once you say it was the jilted girlfriend. Now we have to answer questions. The about story that. becomes about fixing the time machine, repairing the relationship with the girlfriend, et cetera, et cetera. It becomes about that as opposed to his journey. Yeah. Um and so the the movie is much more successful by not having to answer that. And it makes much more sense too, because he's not gonna know necessarily. Yeah, and then halfway through the movie he thinks he's figured out how to break it. Yeah. And he, then he keeps learning a lesson each time he tries to uh, cheat the curse. Yeah, he's trying to, really he's trying to cheat right his way out of it. This. Of what we're doing it. right here, this is a really odd directorial touch. That this is happening at all is an odd choice. What? Where we pan down to a monitor that's playing us the next stock footage clip, oh. and we just cut hard to that stock footage <laughs> clip. As in, I mean, I, I've never actually noticed that before. I was watching this morning, and I'm like, that was, that was a really odd choice. He could have just hard cut to the establishing shots of the city. Yeah. You didn't have to do that gag. Why did you do that <laughs> gag? That's such an odd thing to do. And other than the credits themselves, they don't really see the point of the massive amounts of uh, helicopter Pittsburgh, photography. Yeah, Pittsburgh skyline footage that we need to have on our way. I mean, yes, okay, we need to get out of the city and yeah. go to Pakistani, sure. But. I guess just showing this is the closest that we're going to get to to the ordinary world of our of our hero. This is the world he comes from, right. and he's about to go into this small town where. He's going to repeat this day, you know, endlessly. And in the first two weeks, he's done everything you think <laughs> there probably is to do and met everybody you think there is to meet. Uh, they talk about in the book, he, he, there was never a question of it taking place in, uh, of this story taking place in a small town before he came yeah. up with the idea of it being Groundhog Day and going to Punxsutawney and all that business. Um, it, it had to be a small town because there had to be the limitation right. that would force him to to exhaust look, the to look inward yeah, to look inward yeah. and exhaust if it was indianapolis or something yeah. it would have taken forever yeah it still would have it still <laughs> could have gotten there but it would have taken much longer right. for him to exhaust the external possibilities of of changing his circumstances by the way it seems so completely conflated at this point that you wouldn't question it unless you stopped to think about it but why did they pick groundhog day that has absolutely nothing to do with the actual concept of the story. It's a setting. Well, but, there, I mean, but there, now Groundhog Day. Because there's the, there's the idea that like if he sees his shadow or whether he doesn't, it decides if you stay. Time dilates that, a little bit, I guess. If you stay in winter or you move well, on. Well, that spring. turned out to be a cool thematic thing. He literally, the the guy who was writing it, he knew he had to set it on a particular day and associate it with like a, a holiday or something. And so he was thinking, Before well, this movie that was like a nothing holiday. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas feels endless. Maybe it'll be Christmas, New Year's. That's like a rebirth thing. Maybe it'll be New Year's. He literally went through his desk calendar and he had this idea on like January 28th. And the first holiday he found was Groundhog Day. <laughs> so, and he went and he went there is no movie associated with Groundhog Day so this could become like the, the they, holiday they, movie this that. would be the movie that they play on Groundhog Day and it's got an interesting ring to it and it all just kind of spiraled from there but it was I mean he, he may have ultimately wound up on it anyway but it was essentially a fluke that he wound up with Groundhog so Day so do you guys I mean but but it turned out to work brilliantly yeah. for exactly that reason Megan where did you grow up what part of the country Texas okay because I grew up in southern Jersey, which is fair, you know, close enough to Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, uh, fairly close. So, so I, I always knew about Groundhog Day before this movie was a thing. Even, even so, it was like, yeah, Groundhog Day. Okay, well, who cares? But whatever. But it was a thing that they would talk about on the news, even in, even in Philly. Mm -hmm. 
Did, were you guys? Is well, that like, something that people knew, mention out here in Southern California? In Texas, uh, or in we, Texas, in Texas, yeah. we don't have seasons like that. Yeah, that's kind of like. But we still you know, knew about it. Yeah, okay. I knew the I knew the mythology of he comes out and he sees a shadow and etc. Yeah. Okay. etc. It wasn't like you said. It's like no one made a deal out because of it. because of this movie. We cared. It, it is a thing. it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. People are are so aware of it. But but back then it was it was just like yeah it's a a weird it's something those weird East Coast people yeah. do yeah. <laughs> It's like the day that because I, I I'd want rewatching it. I was wondering that because I remember Groundhog's Day. You know the people on the news talking about it every year, and you know um, even before this movie came out. But it was like I could I couldn't then picture uh, somebody in you know the Southern California, the LA mm-hmm. KTLA people talking about Groundhog's Day like it would make any. It's also difference. perfect no. that it is such a nothing holiday because it allows. It just adds more to what Bill Murray can be about in this, which is like, this is a dumb holiday. <laughs> he hates this holiday. Well, just even like the he, first time he's like, this is stupid as shit. Just like when he's saying, you know, why couldn't have been the day when I was on the beach eating lobster with the beautiful woman? Yeah. yeah. Why did it have to be this stupid, pointless day? Which is, <clears throat> I'm sure we'll, all, we'll get to this question at some point, but I think, you know, uh, as I was looking a lot through Reddit and there's like, I just realized we don't have subtitles on and we? this was, uh, no, but I was like, oh, I was sorry. I was well, but the thing is, I just realized it because I've been completely following it so far. Oh, yeah, we don't even need it because totally we know it unaware. so well. But but it's worth having on, I guess. But um, what was I saying? I lost. I forgot what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> you can't imagine rattle, newscasters. Rattle, 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 rattle. Newscasters out here talking about groundhog. Uh, oh no 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 no! It was um, <clears throat> it was the idea of like okay so. There's a lot of threads on Reddit if you, you know, do a, ground, a search for Groundhog Day. Like, what would you do if you had your own Groundhog Day? And I only glanced at a couple, but it seemed like they were all... They all missed the point of the fact that it's not just you're, you're doing the same day over and over again. You're subjected to your own personal hell yeah. every day. So I was like, oh, well, you know, I would, you know, learn every instrument and learn languages, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, no, but you, you're forgetting the aspect of you have to wake up Somewhere you know, awful. Somewhere yeah. somewhere awful. Somewhere that you hate. Say Punxsutawney. I don't know. <laughs> listening to, uh, you know, the, this horrible radio and having to deal with all of these horrible people that you just want to get the, that well, away from. Well, see, the, that's one of the points is the fact that he has to learn that they're not actually that horrible. Exactly. He just yeah. has to get to know them as people. The point, the, the, but this was like the self-actualization yeah. aspect of it yeah. that people were completely missing. The, 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 the really great, uh, I mean, the, the book, like I was saying, is is really great and really fascinating uh, thing about development. But he makes one point about the theme that emerged, not a theme that he deliberately, you know, put in there, but something that looking back, he's like, I think this is what this movie turned out to be about, which is what makes it so powerful, is the fact that the worst day of this guy's life and the best day of this guy's life take place under the exact, literally the exact, exact same, same circumstances. circumstances. True. And yeah. the only thing that, that, what changes is not the circumstances, what changes is the way he approaches it. Yeah. Very true. And yeah. that's, that's what's, so cool. Yeah. The, the that, most that is significant exactly. and, and oh, powerful man, that's message. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. This movie is just dripping theme. It's just so, it's so tight. It is. And, and the thing is, he just made it because he thought, he wrote it originally because he thought it would like be whimsical and fun to kind of explore and it turned into this Whoops, I got like, existentialist, like <laughs> Ontological therapy session. Yeah. What are the premier works of 20th century philosophy? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Which, lol, lol, it's lol. sad that that's only half a joke. But and and yeah. the the other interesting thing is it's Phil. Such Phil? Hey, hey Phil. Phil. It's this tremendous um Phil Connors. Sci-fi. I thought that was you. It's this it's it's also one of the the I just want to do the whole scene. Sorry. Sci-fi like 
really powerful works right. of sci-fi fantasy right, 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 right. depending on whether it's sci-fi right, or right, fantasy right. kind of depends on you know Bing. how you want to look at it but I, I can't there are like no effects <laughs> shots Mike's just powering on there, yeah there are no effects. there are no effects shots Needle nose Ned, Ned there's, the head there's come only, on there's, buddy there's just a scene uh, there's, a, there's a stunt I mean there's a yeah. there's a practical effect yeah this is a this is a fantasy movie with no visual effects that's an interesting I hadn't you're right that's true and yet it manages to tell that like the, the most that there is an effect is the effect of editing of, of, you know, putting these these multiple, you know, takes together, which is an interesting thing because those exist in every movie. Right. <laughs> but they're just using them all, you know, in this movie. Uh, in the original, in the very original draft, we joined Phil in the middle. It's already been going on for a while. It's been going on for, he thinks, about five weeks. That's a weird choice. And uh, so... I'm actually kind of intrigued by that choice. I think that choice yeah. could have worked. It, it could have worked, but they wanted to, to see us introduced. So for the Ned character, I, I, I like that they changed it because the Ned character gets so much more time here because in the, in the original story... The first thing you see, he's going through his day. He's got the radio thing memorized and he's doing all this stuff. And it's like, what the hell is going on with this guy? He's walking down the street. This guy runs up to him and he socks him in the face and just keeps going. <laughs> and it's like every time he, he repeats the stage, just socks this guy in the face. And at one point he's like, I don't even remember why I hit that guy. I just I just know that that's an easier way to deal with him than whatever else it is. And then when he decides he's God and he has to be a good guy, he's like, you know what? If I'm a God... I shouldn't hit this guy. I should. I don't even remember why I do. And then he talks to him, and then he has the whole conversation with Ned, the insured salesman. He's like, "Oh, now hey, I remember why I hit this guy." Hey, Phil Connors, <laughs> are you a god? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but because they shifted it now, when he punches the guy, it's like we understand why and we enjoy it <laughs> because we've been wanting to punch that guy this whole movie. There's a whole bunch of articles. This movie has inspired a whole bunch of articles and essays from different people. Like one guy went out and tried to figure out exactly how long he was in this. Oh and yeah. Estimated it was, it was 34. 34 what? 34 years. I've heard 10,000 years too. Harold, well, Ram- no, no, t- Harold Ramis said it was supposed to be 10,000. He said originally it was supposed to be 10,000 yeah. years, but yeah. he, now he says it's probably about 10 years. Yeah. yeah. But in order for him to learn everything he would have learned, it would have been about 34 years. Right on. And then another one that comes up a lot, there's a bunch of essays like this movie gets de- deconstructed as an argument against determinism. <laughs> <laughs> because every time he goes out into the world, it starts the exact same way. And since he hasn't interacted with the world in any meaningful way on a macro scale until he leaves his room, everything is set up and happening exactly the same way. But then he changes everyone's thing for that day in subtle ways. They don't every basically every conversation starts the same way, but it changes every single time, which people have deconstructed in these big, long essays about objectivity and non-determinism. <laughs> and they're like, what this is, it's not even a closed loop. Well, it, it, well maybe it's just the universe simulating all the different possible permutations. Yeah. It's a simulation of chaos theory in the sense that, you know, this one aspect has those, you know, the different fanning possibilities in this, you know, other right. action. Well, so, one question I was asking Megan, just we were reviewing it this morning is, okay, if he dies, he wakes up the next day. If he kills someone else, presumably, unless he won that day and that was the last day that was doing this, they don't die either not because per- tomorrow yeah. they're going to be back. Yeah. Which which is something that they deliberately chose not to explore, mm-hmm. right? In the movie, um, and, and I was just thinking about that when he's on the train tracks. I'm like, wait, if they die, they'll come back. Yeah. Well, they 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 don't 
they don't come back. There's just a reset. So that never happened. They're, right. They're going back to the beginning where, where none of that counted. But one of the... But, but the, presumably, if, if he causes other people to die, that's one of the ways he fails the day. Yeah. <laughs> and so and presumably, the Magic Kingdom yeah. is going, well, we're not going <laughs> to... Yeah. So basically, this count. is just... I mean, I had never actually put it in these terms before because I, I just... I, I know what Groundhog Day is and I just think of it in those terms. But what it actually is, is it's, it's a time travel movie. He's just resetting. He's going back to the beginning of yesterday every... Well, yeah. But here's, here's the weird thing. In this moment, I... Had I didn't remember until I was rewatching it, and it's kind of frankly a little horrifying to me. He, when he kills himself, we clearly spend time with him dead and uh, uh, Rita and the other guy. Like, right? It doesn't reset. Yeah, he's dead. It doesn't reset until six a.m. Regardless yeah. of what he does. Regardless of whether he dies or yeah. not. So he can be dead for most of the day before he has to come back. Yeah. Presumably he doesn't experience that though. No. Presumably he yeah. hits the ground and put your little rem- hand in mine. A, a, yes, a, according to the the screenwriter the idea is he remembers dying but not death essentially do you, do you think nice. any of the days was a streaker day <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh i'm sure because i would definitely have a streaker day we watched the first three or four days and then we watch days that are probably like 80 days in and then we watch days that are like four or five years in yeah but we, we, we miss a most of like weeks three through five yeah. where, which is when he would just be like oh for, fuck yeah. this for all. today i'm going to dip my dick in a puddle yeah yeah but the uh i'm the just gonna t- walk around and i'm gonna fart on everybody <laughs> the ten thousand years thing originally came from uh, the the writer thought there should be a a sense of how much time has passed in the in the film as it is now we don't know so we can argue it was ten thousand right. it was ten years it was thirty four years whatever he wanted um, to codify it he wanted to or at least give a sense of it because like he, day seventy five he felt that it was important to to the audience to see how long this had gone on so they could really understand where yeah. Phil was coming from and Phil was supposed to be in like his late 20s when they cast Bill Murray obviously the, the <laughs> dynamic changed yeah. um, but he was supposed to be more of an up and comer as opposed to somebody who was kind of having a middle age crisis um, Commander. which is another thing this movie could be considered to be about but uh, so in the in the bed and breakfast there's a library you know there's a bunch of books on the wall and so his way of measuring time was every day he reads a page from a book and he just works his way down the bookshelf so you see him he works his way across a shelf he's a, he's across an entire case that's a good visual shorthand way to do it yeah and and the the uh, they decided that they weren't going to specify how long it was because weirdly the, I guess the studio note was that's too long and that then it becomes when you when you confront the audience with it, then it becomes existentially horrifying, and it's no longer funny, <laughs> and it, it's difficult to to continue being funny. So if it they had, decided to cut that entirely. If it had actually been ten thousand years, uh, on what day do you think he would have just like completely officially snapped? Yeah, uh, probably quite a few of them. I've got it. Like the first time he totally lost his mind, and was no longer annoyed or perturbed or frustrated or impatient and just absolutely went insane i'm guessing like day 400 yeah like what day does a little he bit end after up a laying year? in a bathtub just cackling for yeah. hours yeah a little bit after a year is when i think he starts painting the walls with shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's uh, how do you the, the yeah the, the the real question is if they had tried to explore that it's like do you really think he would have come back from that <laughs> or do you think he because his mind remains you know, the, in fact, uh, the being line. nice is his ultimate psychosis. This yeah. is what happened here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it's one of those situations where you just cry so hard that you can't cry anymore and then you just get over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a, he crazy uh, so hard he couldn't crazy exactly. anymore. <laughs> it's, it was <laughs> he next crazy t- through to the other side. Uh, oh, yeah. Another aspect of like if it's Groundhog Day, it's you're going to have a cold, cold shower, shower every, every day for 10,000 years. 
fuck you. Uh, <laughs> stop showering. Yeah, you stop. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not showering. I'm not brushing I mean, my teeth. He, he, he doesn't have to. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. wake up clean. It's fine. Well, I mean, you don't know oh, how long it had been you, since he showered. I was going to say, can you imagine if if Phil Connors was a I like to brush my teeth and take a shower in the morning instead of the evening kind of guy, which means that if only the night before mm-hmm. he had brushed his teeth and taken a shower, he wouldn't have to do that again yeah. forever. Mm. But since he didn't, every morning he's got to do the fucking. Dude, if I had done this right before I went to bed, <laughs> I would not have to do this for the next 10,000 years. That's a bummer. There's a lot of bummers. Yeah. And the 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 choice of the song was because of the, like, funnily enough. Sunny and Cher, right? Because it's an awful song. It's a really yeah, annoying because song. Because it's the kind of thing that, that you start out, you don't really hate, but after long enough, you would. And also, this doesn't show up in the movie, but what he liked about it was the ending where... You know, it's the I got you, babe. And then I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Over and over and over again. He's like, that was the perfect thing for it. Um, which, which, again, of course, they don't really use. There was an opportunity here for them to have used some particular beginning of a song. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand the point is that it's clicking on in the middle of the song because that's just when it happened to be six o'clock. Yeah. But you could have there could have been just as well as Groundhog Day has become this cultural shorthand for your life is the same day over and over again. You could have had another one of those things even within this movie where if if you have made that song mean that that happens forever. Like no one's going to unironically listen to Never Going to Give You Up for the next 30 or 40 years just because (laughs) for everyone in our generation until we die out or stop making that joke. That's just the ha ha fooled you song now as opposed to being a song by itself that matters. You could have done the exact same thing where you can just make a song now culturally mean this association is your thing now. Like Chuck Norris randomly got Chuck Norris jokes. Rick Ashley randomly got 404 jokes. And we could have had some, you know, we could have, what would it, in 93, what was going on? It would be really cool if it was like the Space Jam song. Well, there's a there's a comment in there that's kind of interesting. It says, you know, if he had stayed up until six and then would he have retroactively gotten sleep? Would he have woken up tired? This is, yeah, this is always I, I feel like Like what happens At the changeover mm-hmm. This Yeah this is a beat That they miss I feel like one of the first things I would have tried Is oh, absolutely, just yes. not go to sleep And yeah. see what happens But like do you Do you wake up at 6am And you're like Because <sighs> you stayed up all night I don't know if, if his knowledge carries over And his experience carries over Presumably his condition from the No, well, no early, Later he says no hangovers yeah, yeah, no hangovers, and he also jumps off buildings and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah been, so no matter what he did yesterday, he keeps the experiences in the memory, but he doesn't keep the fatigue or the bottle. Yeah. So he would heat. wake up t- not tired. He, wake, right. well, he, wakes, he doesn't w- wake up dead. He doesn't wake up, you know, whatever. He'll, he'll wake up as tired as he did the first time based on... Mm. Right. God, oh. could you oh, imagine, imagine if, if that was... Insomnia. <laughs> yeah, if he hadn't slept if he hadn't if slept he hadn't well got that much night, sleep oh, that, that night. would have sucked. <laughs> oh, my God, that would also, be terrible. Also... Do, is the the sun normally up at six a.m. on the East Coast? No, that's actually a at, at that time of the year. And somebody actually did the did the numbers. They went, okay, on February second, nineteen ninety three, the sun didn't rise until seven. Blah blah blah. It just seems at, kind of early anywhere, really. But yeah, I mean, it, it's really really early. This but is, somebody did actually crunch the numbers and specifically went, no, this day, this time, that location, sun was not this, up. Yeah, this is supposed to be pre dawn. How could you lie to me, movie? <laughs> they didn't. I I guess this is you know sort of day for night but they didn't want to make it all blue and gross so they're and confused probably confusing because it's like wait he woke up but it's nighttime it's like okay it's just early yeah yeah what does it matter yeah. steven tobolowski is awesome yeah at one point we were going to have him on the show for memento that never ended up happening we asked him if he, he would do groundhog could. day we haven't done memento well yeah well. We, we asked him to do groundhog days like i just did a thing with groundhog day on a podcast somewhere else but memento or something else i yeah. totally 
Yeah, but really, what else has he been in? We just like sit and watch. Yeah, like, exactly. that he was in yeah. Heroes. He was the the bad I, guy. No, the joke is he's been in all the movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Was, he's one of the, he's, he's probably at this point. I think he's. Am I right? Am I right? I think. I think. I think he is to character actors at this point. What Billy West is to voice actors, where there's really no celebrities in that crowd, but he's one of the well-known versions of that thing. Yeah. Like outside of the people who follow character actors or voice actors. He's that guy. Tobolowsky is a perfect that guy. And there's also a wonderful, if you haven't seen it, there's a thing called Stephen Tobolowsky's birthday party, which is basically him, him telling stories. <laughs> I know. I can't believe that's the real name of that <laughs> place, but it is. It's yep. him telling stories uh, straight up. It's, it, it basically supposes this fake sort of arranged birthday party, but it's literally a documentary of Stephen telling a bunch of these stories from his life. And he's had a bunch of really specific and odd and scary and interesting things happen to him and he's a really really gifted natural storyteller so it's actually like a joy to watch this movie so that's Stephen Tobolowsky's birthday party and there's some great stories in it like when he got like, held up at gunpoint in a grocery store and had to talk wow. the guy down oh. shit like that or oh. transporting drugs over the border or getting beaten up by monks I mean there's really odd stories I that mean that's happened to everybody though yeah. right <laughs> no? just you and Stephen Tobolowsky <laughs> and probably Paulu his yeah his uh hey Paulu's here <laughs> that was amazing timing <laughs> His uh, um, the, the the writer's description of when they were doing casting, apparently Ramus was talking about for for Ned. He's like, so have you do you know Stephen Tobolowski? You do not want this guy in your face. <laughs> like, that was basically his pitch for why why he was going to use him for Ned. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's perfect. I read something. They were considering Tori Amos for Rita. Yeah, I read I that know. too. I don't, I don't know. So Andy weird. McDowell brings the exact. Well, they were looking again. They were looking younger for the cast. Well, at the, yeah, at the but time. She, I mean, Tori almost doesn't exactly have that like kind of innocent charm. Yeah, Midwestern yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, she was she was supposed to be kind of a redemptive wholesomeness. She 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 was supposed to be kind of a harsher character early on. She was, uh, you know, she she was trying to. She had something to prove. She was she was younger. She was she was coming up in the world. So. Um, the writer says, I think eventually she would have softened into the Rita of this movie, but the one I wrote was earlier in her life. Um, and so when when everyone... When she got know, older, she calmed down, basically. When everyone shifted, oh, oh yeah, a, a bit older um, to accommodate casting uh, Murray. God then damn it, cold showers. All that. Yeah. <laughs> Every morning yeah. for 10,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. So Harold, Harold Ramis, as a director... There's a, there's a lot going on in these scenes with subtext. There's a lot of shit going on where he'll cut to things that I have never noticed that he cut to that and put together the meaning of this cut and what it did to me sort of subconsciously. Mm -hmm. One of the first things you see in the movie is the first time that he sees Rita like across the room and she's playing with the blue screen. It's silent. Someone else is talking on the shot of Bill Murray looking at her and there's this really kind smile before he goes back into dick mode mm. and things like this where I think there are little subtle offsets that you you genu you genuinely like Phil even though you know he's a douche. Like well, you would invite him to most is, parties. Is this supposed to be four a.m. or four p.m.? A.m. He's okay. now he's now he's staying awake to see what would happen and reset. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he did stay awake. Oh, or he tried okay. to anyway. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, he. Yeah. Even even though he's a jerk and he's he's Bill Murray, he, they still wi wisely give him you know a little. Uh, save the cat moments early on like in Flickers the of humanity yeah like in the very first iteration uh he gives money to the homeless guy on the <laughs> corner he doesn't like stop it it's not it's more of an automatic thing but he still actually does it um so 
Yeah, even early on, there there are these moments that are just kind of peeking through. In the chat, Praxis asks, I wonder if he could somehow get out of this town and break the spell that way. Of course, the movie... Well, that's what he's trying to do. Yeah, the movie sets up basically a, a, no, a no exit condition with the blizzard. Wisely, I think. Yeah. He's got to be he's got to be trapped in the town. But also, he, but also he, he probably could leave if he had to. He could buactivate a bunch of parkas and walk out of town no he talks and freeze to death yeah or, or exactly. buy or buy like a a four-wheeler and go over the end up he, like jack in the shining he's tried that. yeah basically he, he, he could shining jack his way out of town a little bit i think he even i think he even says that he's tried it he just hits the blizzard in every direction and how much how much time it, it can't realistically be done yeah if you've got one day how much of that day do you want to spend just you know uh trying new ways of trying getting new out ways that, yeah Especially because you would get so beaten down by every attempt because every single one of those days would be a Herculean effort for you. Mm. Like your your whole hope and your faith in this working and all the work you're putting into it and how much of a fucking slog it is Making to get out. Making your sucky day suckier. And then every single time. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, but what else are you going to do? Hey, look, all clocks with no uh, no time on it. Like they're not moving. <gasps> oh my God, a theme. <laughs> That's actually a motif. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, there, there's, there is a version. There's a scene in the, uh, in that first draft where he actually does. He like steals someone's plane and he goes and visits his mom in like Cleveland or something. But he, he manages to get there, but it oh. doesn't work. It doesn't. It, yeah. it, it breaks the the theme of the movie. Like he, he cannot leave the town. That's so fundamental to what's going on in the story. Yeah, because it is very much a no exits. You know, your own personal hell. Yeah. Aspect. At it's least like, there's no. a bar. Yeah, it's like you have to Thank figure God. out Imagine you have to figure out how to do this right before you can move on. You yeah. know. Imagine getting stuck for ten years every day in a town that was dry. <laughs> really, honestly, uh, maybe the wor- other than other than the cold shower, probably the worst aspect of this town and the repeatedness is one movie theater and it's playing Heidi two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's it. That's the only movie you get to watch. Oh, ever it's a favorite again. movie I've seen a hundred times. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it hundreds of times. Chris Elliott, right, right along the surface for the in the nineties there for a second, and you didn't know if it was going to become a thing where he's going to stick around or if he's just going to go away now. And he was in, he was in SNL, he was on SNL forever. He was in a bunch of comedies. He had a TV show, and then just haven't kind of seen him since. He's on. Does anybody realize? He's on How I Met Your Mother now. What? Well, yeah, he's the father. He's, but, he's, yeah. but yeah, does anybody realize that all that happened? To hey, well, no. Hey, right I think now. a lot of people probably confuse him with Daniel Stern. Yes, we actually, of, that Chloe literally earlier. confused yeah. him. Yeah. those two guys today. Yeah. A moment of silence, please, yeah. for our departed director. So yeah, there he Cheers, is. Cheers, man. <laughs> Cheers. Do you guys know? I, I was honestly, I mean, I I love Harold Ramis and everything I've seen. He's always come across as an incredibly sweet and genial guy. He's obviously very talented, and I've loved most of the things he's been associated with. So I was really sad when he passed away. I was surprised how sad the whole world was. I didn't think that he had that much cred with the entire world, but it seemed like at least maybe it's just because of I guess our circles. But yeah. everyone was really bummed when he died. Yeah. Um, I th- I personally I feel like it was probably more one of those things of Bad you know the, you know the guy who made Ghostbusters died. Oh, I love Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's, and then also as, as it came out, he wrote he wrote it, but he didn't um, direct it. As right, everybody right, started right, doing their but, homages yeah. to him, people started realizing all the things that he had a hand in. Yeah, and yeah. Going, oh crap! I love yeah. that and that and that. You know the I guy from know. Ghostbusters and Stripes and Groundhog Day and, and, and Meatballs and Caddyshack yeah. and mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah oh, Caddyshack God. oh shit yeah exactly you're you're just. An Animal House. The the number of things that you know to to have any one of those things. Be you don't know what you, you got till it's gone, man. Yeah, be something that you could be remembered for. 
would be amazing. But for one person to have all of those things, it's like that was a very special and man. seemed like a really <laughs> nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Although apparently there's there, there was some feud between Bill Murray and Ramis after this. Yeah. For years. That, later they got over. Years. Yeah. Do you, do you guys remember what the thing was? I, well, I know I, what it was for this when they stopped talking after this. It was because yeah. he was going through a divorce. Murray. And, yeah. And he was being all whiny about it. And he kept calling up uh, Ramis like every night all day. Uh, just would not leave him alone. So eventually, Ramus sent, I, I think it was like one of the producers or something over to kind of counsel him and be like, stop calling Ramus. We'll talk it out. And he took it as kind of a, a brush off. Yeah. And got really offended. And I see, but I understand years. both sides of that. Yeah. Well, Fair enough. He's yeah. got it. He, the, Bill was in a weird spot and Ramus had a job to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Ramus yeah. is trying to direct a fucking movie. Um, I've, I've also read that it was an aspect of. Murray wanted uh, Groundhog Day to be more philosophical and Ramis was more worried about it being a comedy. Well, it turned out being more philosophical than any of them anticipated. I I mean, I think it's a perfect balance between the two. Yeah, the compromise worked out pretty well there. um, But that uh, that there were apparently, you know, um, that was a source of tension during the making of the movie. Mm. Well, Murray was just in a bad place generally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because Murray is clearly, you, you know, you hear about him on, I, I mean, at, at this time now, he's he makes all the weird, you know, offbeat philosophical movies. But at this time, it was like, you hire Bill Murray because no matter how funny your script is, he's going to make it way funnier <laughs> by, yeah, by exactly. just being in it. So um, He's like Simon Pegg. Well, is this really, I mean, uh, is this kind of, Mark, the same kind of transition that... Uh, at least the beginning of it, that Jim Carrey kind of had, you know, oh, the funny guy, but now he's doing something that makes me think a little bit. That's weird. Not as much, because Truman Show was... Eternal Sunshine, too. Well, but Truman Show was first, and Truman Show was like an outright drama that had some some humor to it, and it was a quirky idea, but it was an outright drama, and it was weird to see him in that, and I can't remember, it was probably, you know... um, uh, one of the Jarmusch films or something that that Bill Murray first did. Oh, um, coffee and cigarettes. Uh, probably. Well, what was Buffalo's the Rome? Flowers one? There was oh, Buffalo's yeah. Rome when he played oh, yeah, uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, yeah, um, but I think Truman Show is actually another one of those movies where uh, the basis of the movie and the name of the movie is used to uh, relate to like a yeah. Now it's psychological just, right. place. Now it's just our name for that concept. Well, no, there's there's actually like a. Like a, like a oh, mental or something, uh, Capgras yeah. syndrome. No, that's that's no. It's, it's like a it's like a mental disorder, I guess, that yeah. people are getting now, where they honestly believe that they're being followed by cameras in their own their own right. reality show. Really? And it's something about like having Truman sh- syndrome, Truman Show sh- syndrome. Hmm. I've actually heard of that. Yeah, and so I guess it's you know. I mean, cool. but yeah, these movies with their with their cool philosophical high concept movies, uh, basically just lend themselves to. You can basically name a thing if you pick a thing that hasn't been done yet. And they'll, they'll run with it. Groundhog Day ended up doing that. Uh, and Truman Show ended up doing that. Nothing happened with Liar Liar. Hmm. Hmm. So if they hit the train, they're all three of them going to survive. <laughs> no. They're all going to die. Well, they're all going to die, but they're not going to die permanently. This is like a math problem happening right in front of our eyes right so if this car is going at 35 miles per hour straight towards the yeah i feel like it's a little weird of a choice that the first time he does something suicidal he's bringing a couple of guys along with him yeah well he gets out of this i mean that's true i mean they don't actually he doesn't intend to hit the train right now well i think the train's gonna swerve yeah i love that line (laughs) i bet he's gonna swerve first (laughs) but still the the idea that he goes to this place with other people mm-hmm. the first time. 
Now this is him losing his mind. Yeah. yeah. This, this is, is a day or two before painting on the walls with shit. This is the first time he realized <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. And they're realizing because they've had that conversation about, yeah, I fuck rules and blah blah blah, but yeah, you make He's, choices and you live by them. Yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. That's but dark. on the but on the subject of how he comes across to other humans, it, it, it another thing that occurred to me this morning is, you know, after That's he, one of the things of course that makes the movie funny is we know where he's coming from and, and everyone else is just like the fuck. <laughs> yeah. But you you know at the end He's gone through the day with Rita. He's gotten to the point. He's worked it all the way up to the snowball fight. He's gotten past the snowball fight into the hotel now. And every day after that, he's just going through the motions of things that have worked previously. And there's that one particular day where he's just sort of manically doing the snowball fight. I want you to have it. That day, Rita doesn't know this 10,000 year thing is happening. And the, the sort of manic it's an unspoken awareness of everything that's happening. So you already have the level of, he knows a lot about the situation because he's reacting to it instantly with these sort of things. And that manic thingy for someone who had no idea what was going on. I think that might be the most upsetting type of charisma you could encounter in the world. Someone who is, is running from beat to beat on like this weird cocaine moment where they have what's like Anakin level reflexes about everything that's happening. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. We just sort of slowly back away. Right. Where it's like, to, I don't know what your deal is, but I know you're a sorcerer. And, and you, it's, you, it's like this. You feel like he might be a little bit dangerous. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that much knowledge. Plus he's clearly just trying to impress you, but he's like, I would be like, really terrified. Like, do you love me? Do you love me? That's why that, that's why that day scares her off. Yeah. It's like a uncanny valley of behavior sort of situation like well you're doing I know your whole life you're doing <laughs> you're kind of like going through the motions properly but there's something off yeah. about it yeah. that is yeah. like triggers a I lot think, of alarm bells I, and I, I think that's part of why uh, that's another Phil? aspect of this movie that that works so wonderfully is as we're watching we we there we go, there oh, we go. There it <laughs> yeah it's just this is his his day where he Ned? was like i don't have to accept anyone's shit nobody's <laughs> at all there are no consequences um and uh, and and punching punching Ned is the first is the sign that he's like nope I I am over caring. Um, I think just seeing this scene kind of makes yeah. my stomach upset. But the the fact that <laughs> the fact that we understand every step that he's going through, you know, we're, we're going, sympathetic to his if, plight. If yeah. I were in that situation, this is these are probably the stages that I would go through. And we can look at all of the other characters and go, I understand exactly why they're reacting the way that they are. Right. You know, and that's what makes this so strong is even even the minor characters and the side characters and, of course, the supporting uh, ones like her. Keeps are, it funny uh, instead of horrifying. Yeah, it, 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 it remains funny because all of them are going, what's going on here? Wouldn't it suck? And I'm sure this is actually what happened in their lives. If after Groundhog Day on the day on February 3rd, when they're driving back to Philadelphia for him finally they're probably dating now or at least gonna go out on dates with each other and they're almost certainly gonna break up <laughs> here's a question i have they're almost certainly gonna break up he spent ten thousand years yeah. learning how to go on the right first date with her yeah and they're not gonna be a thing for very long most likely so now he just has this inordinate amount of information no, in detail didn't, didn't about you someone know? didn't you know that when it comes to romantic comedies as soon as the the bad guy goes nice they're gonna get married and make yeah, lots he knows, of children that's he's, the rules he's learned how to be a decent person my thing my they thing never has always ever been, break up ever my thing has always been watching this it's like okay he learned how to live February second. He has, but I, I've always thought I'm like by this. He's going to be hit on February third with this massive sense of terror yeah, about not knowing what to do with it. By this time, he has yeah. surely forgotten how to live a normal day for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's that's a little disturbing to me. But yeah, at this you're point, not really supposed to think about. I mean, that. it's 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 like it's like uh, temporal affluenza. 
where at this point he has gotten used to a certain level of knowing everything. Yeah. The next day when there's new information that he has to contend with, he might just have a panic attack and die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you if you spend all this time and then you wake up February 3rd and then you wake up again and it's February 4th yeah. and that just keeps happening. He's acclimated to a certain amount of being God. Yeah. And I, I, I think I think we're supposed to assume that he's he's learned enough about how to live a good life that he can take that with him into a living a regular life. Um, but yeah, that, that has always struck me as like, yeah, that's, that's, I feel a little anxious when he goes off to, to live uh, a yeah. normal time again. This is a kind of interesting little plot right here to go because it kind of insinuates that if you can just figure out how to, how yeah, to this trick, is a pick, a, he's being a pickup artist yeah, right now. How, yeah. how to trick a woman into thinking that she knows you, she'll probably sleep with you in one day. Uh-huh. Well, I, yeah, that's coercion. Yes. Well, it's that's textbook coercion. <laughs> yeah. I, I think in yeah, it's it's in, in it's a like more look, general... you can feel safe with me because we have a history you don't yeah. remember. So eh? I know French poems. <laughs> Blow a, me in a more general sense. It's like everybody has their buttons, and as long as you know what those buttons if you know the are, sequence. if you know the sequence, yeah, it still seems it, a little bit rapey. Oh, it's absolutely rapey. Yeah. yeah, but it's the '90s, so it's okay. Well, and she's clearly dumb because she wears pink and giggles. So she deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look at how tight those pants are. Come on. Oh, I was looking. <laughs> um, here's a question for you. So he started smoking. Say he hadn't ever smoked before and wasn't addicted, but he's like, fuck it. I'll start smoking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will he acclimate? Like, will it? Well, will he get addicted? So will he wake up in the next? Oh, loop? well, because, you know, it's a neurochemical mm-hmm. change in your brain that makes you addicted to something. So does that addiction carry over? That's what that's what I've thought too, because it's like the the learning. Uh, probably not. His body resets. Yeah. His mind yeah. doesn't, but his body does. Well, your mind is inside. You. Well, this is like, where the magic. Yeah, yeah, where this yeah. is where it yeah, breaks exactly. Down. Yeah. But but, chemi- learning- but chemically you reset. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I think if so, yeah. I guess if to. I mean, you know, he has to learn to play the piano and stuff like that. So his brain is changing. Yeah. Right. That's he's, a good he's making point. new connections. So. Yeah. So well, yeah. I mean, is it, what. Where this breaks down is that whole like oh god Des- I just realized we're a podcast <laughs> we are a podcast <laughs> it's is that it's the Descartes you know uh, you know your your brain your mind and your body are two separate things and oh, you know, rape, your soul rape, is something rape, else rape, rape. but you know scientifically we know that's not the case so that doesn't it but it doesn't it shouldn't ruin the fun <laughs> shut up stop being shut up <laughs> <laughs> stop being a nerd Brian <laughs> oh Rita. Oh, Rita. Yeah. Oops. Well, I'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like the weird thing, the thing that is off-putting to this is like the. I like how I like how uh, there is. A, what is this? Some kind of one-night stand? No, we totally just met today and we were going to be yeah, together exactly. forever. Like it would it would be rapey if she was like, "This is a one-night stand, right?" Yeah. Okay. Done. Well, I was it's like, the well, fact that he's like, "No, I want to marry you." Yeah, and she's like, ah, okay. <laughs> "Okay." Yeah. In my pants. Um. Uh, no. That's not that's not okay. Mm. I wonder if there were to be I, I wonder if I don't want to change anything about this movie and I'm glad we have it as is, but as a thought exercise, it's easy to imagine a variation of this exact same movie where he's like head over heels in love with someone at the beginning of the movie and he learns that they're just a person and like gets <laughs> yeah. over it. And like I mean, it's ultimately wait, you, he, you, he doesn't have to win her over. He has to get over that shit. Would <laughs> you say that he's actually head over heels in love with her, or is he just sort of like, huh, conquest? No, I mean, I'm imagining an alternate one where it starts where he's like maybe just gotten dumped by someone or something um, like that. But like yeah. he's he's really into someone and the movie is about him getting over them as opposed to getting them. It'd be darker. That, yeah, that would be interesting if he had to deal with 
or if he was if this whole movie were about him dealing with a breakup like he just broke up with her and he's got to just deal with it and he's trapped in this small town yeah. with her <laughs> yeah and he's got to get okay with it oh man uh that's a whole right? other level of dark. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a really dark movie. I don't like that movie. <laughs> I don't want to think about that well, movie. Well, again, anymore. that's like 1408 where he they keep reliving his worst possible memories. Yeah. Where he has to keep reliving uh, his oh. daughter's death. Oh, Spoilers. That <laughs> Let's go dark as hell with Groundhog Day. Let's make this the most uncomfortable <laughs> thing of all time. It is an existential movie. What do you want? There's a there's a movie that... I do. Uh, this is, uh, this is reminding me of right around the same time... Uh, uh, TV movie, which I think was a remake of uh, another movie uh, that came out called 1201 that had a similar um, idea to this where this guy had his his day was just repeating and he couldn't figure out why. And it was because there was some particle accelerator uh, or something that was being activated and was causing this loop. And for some reason, he was the only one who could remember it. And the, it's a you just reminded me of it when you said 1408 because of numbers uh and that but that's a perfect example of what this movie would have wound up being had they had a, a kind of macguffin like that because 12 when you start to explain it that sounds like bullshit. 12, quick, quick but, but, question. But the other thing is because 1201 became about him trying to stop the machine from going online the whole movie uh, became about that i'm just wondering where did this chick come from who cares? Where, wherever. Like you don't see else. her at any other point in the movie. He has. That's just a way of saying time is passing. Yeah, time, is, like, he time did, is passing. Uh, he's he he. It, what's did the one girl's name? Nancy. First one? Nancy. He yeah. did Nancy. So now he's moving. Yeah, on to the he next did one. Nancy for a few weeks. Yeah, you keep seeing Nancy here somewhere and there between the years. Movie. You eight. never see her before or yeah. again. I, but I think I think. Yeah, but that, we're on year that, like twenty five yeah, right now. I think that works. I think that works in the context of the movie because it's just like who who's she? Who cares? Yeah, it's just it's conservation of detail. Really, it's yeah. And somewhere around like year 851, 852, after he'd gotten through all the girls one or two times, like he goes all the way to the end of the city and it's like, well, I haven't been with her in like 30 years. I'm going to go back to that. He's done that a few times over. He just starts sleeping with the old ladies in the car. No, he's already done that too. I think around 852, 853, he just goes gay and and starts the process anew on all the guys. Well, except for Ned. He de- well, he does clearly a, not down. He, he does know that that might be a that, that could be Tony some fun Phil. hate sex. Though. I always, I always found that. <laughs> I, Bing. I always assumed <laughs> fucking and punching because he because oh. later on he knows that one of the waiters is gay. So I always assumed probably somewhere <laughs> in there he, he he figured that out firsthand because he just got bored. I, I on, yeah, honestly, in, you know, like year nine hundred and fifty. I mean, I might like just start hitting on guys, just yeah. like on straight guys, just to see like, okay, if everybody really is just a sequence of buttons, yeah. What are your buttons? So now we know what Brian is. We just have to negotiate the time frame. <laughs> now we just want to negotiate the time. <laughs> yeah. In the chat, spark- a cannibal serial killer. In the chat room, Sparkle Tone's like, not shown. The years Phil spent being a cannibal serial killer <laughs> before getting bored with it. Yeah. Well, that's. I would probably get there at like year five. Yeah. They specifically like cannibalism in year five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I like I, I'm being honest. <laughs> I just I, you know I was just I was just talking about I just read the you know that book Lucifer's Hammer. It took them like 72 hours before people started turning cannibal in that book. So <laughs> it was the 70s. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But uh, yeah, uh, the, they very specifically uh, have talked about in the behind the scenes stuff, um, choosing not to explore 
the darker, the darker side yeah. of mm-hmm. him. There's become, a suicide him, montage. Him becoming a serial, but him becoming a serial killer oh, right. and him doing all this stuff because he could. He could. You he know, could play this like a game of Doom and yeah, just go around could, killing everyone yeah, all day long. See, see how many people he could kill before he resets and then try to beat that record. Well, yeah, you but know? I, I like, think the suicidal thing is more of like showing his desperation as opposed to showing him turning into an even worse yeah. human being. Right. He's yeah. got to try that. He's yeah. It, 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 there's essentially he's got to try and he's got to try it more. You than know once. he must have killed someone once. Yeah, yeah. There's well, no they, way the movie never shows it. You know he did that yes. once, at Be, least because it it totally dips into you know he dips into a nihilist period because nothing matters and from mm-hmm. his point of view that's completely justified. Let's the groundhog. And then drive. he starts saying saving everybody's life too. Yeah, where he tries to save the homeless guy and then he he like stops. He saves the kid and, and they, uh, the, uh, the guy the mayor. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and helps the helps the newlyweds who. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, Michael actually, Shannon, right? It was his uh, Michael Shannon's very first role in a movie. He was nineteen. He wow. was nineteen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. The only thing he had done before I looked it up this it morning. TV movies. Uh, yeah. The only thing he had done were two TV movies. Fuck. Yeah. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. <laughs> Once again, I have to tell you, if you haven't seen it, Google Michael Shannon sorority. Sorority letter. Yeah. Watch that video. Yeah. I'm honestly convinced that's how he got Zod. I think they saw that video and like, oh my god, he's really scary. <laughs> Has anybody actually had sweet vermouth as just a drink? I'm terrified. No. Of that. I wouldn't want to taste yeah, it. I don't think it would be good. I've, I mean, had, I've, I've, I've sipped I've, it like a little like before. Her favorite drink is sweet vermouth with, with a, a twist, twist on the on rocks. The rocks. Yeah. yeah. I've had Southern Comfort, which is way too sweet for me. Yeah. Well, Soko appar- is kind of gross. Apparently it was uh, Harold Ramis's wife's favorite drink. Ah. Well, it sounds like a great drink. It, yeah. <laughs> In Flash from the Past, there's a joke like that where he's like, uh, here's like here's a here's a wine here's a wine spritzer or something, and she's like, I thought only hookers drank those. And Brendan Fraser's <laughs> like, Well, I know Mom sure likes them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Darth Praxis points out uh, he definitely murdered Ned a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a bunch of like like, like, <laughs> like gimpy torture Ned yeah, days. Yeah, where he's like there tying were days, him up. Yeah, there were days where he did nothing but murder Ned all day. Oh, like, slowly, like yeah. Looper style, where he just starts like slowly <laughs> like, chopping off yeah, body yeah. parts. He slides off his toes, then his foot, then his ankle <laughs> then his Christ. Yeah. I mean, fuck it, you Ned yeah. <laughs> well turns him into a uh, snowman the, the, the real joke <laughs> that, oh god just his head in the snowman body oh god <laughs> The real uh, the, the joke that Darth Praxis is making See, this here is, is like if this you, is why they didn't do <laughs> yeah. the, the weird days are the ones where he's mixing the weird days are the ones where he's mixing the trying to get with Rita and the killing Ned days yeah. where he brings the head thing to the snowman after the date yeah. and just puts his head on there <laughs> I killed this man yeah he has life insurance it's okay <laughs> he he has the dismemberment plan uh, the joke that Darth Praxis made originally was the fact that he he. Yeah, so okay, so we just we had one <laughs> of those old wise black man. Uh, wise old black man magic bartender shots. Uh, joke <laughs> Darth Prax has made is the American Psycho uh, that he goes American Psycho on Ned and goes, yeah. does a do you like Sonny and Cher? <laughs> yeah, their early work was a little new wave for me. <laughs> but when sports came out in '83, I think hip they really shake, came into shake, their own shake, hip shake, hip shake. commercially and artistically. I hate that song. Not hip to be square. I hate. Uh, Whoa! I'm with uh, you. I, I got, got you, babe. babe. Whoa! That's oh, the okay. Point. I was gonna say you're not talking smack about Huey Lewis. Right? <laughs> no. Oh my God. <laughs> the news will come for you. <laughs> you don't need no credit card to get on that train. It's most definitely not the news. I like it. He's just getting to the point where, the, as as a character, he's just improving. He's like, I'm just gonna say the craziest thing and see how she responds. Yeah. What would you say? And start honing in. <laughs> yeah, it's like Marco Polo with your personality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What would you say is the percentage of lines um, in this movie that are ad-libbed? 
uh, probably fewer than you'd think. Yeah, I would say I would say pro- uh, probably a very few are actually ad lib. They probably started. I'm sure they. They you like know, workshopped com- out. Yeah, coming from coming from their background, I'm sure they got together and workshopped the scenes. So they started as ad libs, but then they were well right. rehearsed by the yeah, time they got here. That's a good line. Let's work on that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um, I know that. <laughs> now let's do it again and find a slightly better version yeah. of that line. Well, you know, I, I know let's that do it again and find a slightly it, better version. Him with the him with the groundhog. A lot now of let's that do is ad libbed. Yeah, like a fourth of the of the lines in this movie are just being repeated over and over yeah. and over again too. He, but but when he's driving with yeah the this script hog, would in compression theory this script would compress very easily yeah but they all have to say it the exact same way every time well he reacts differently so th- yeah. so that's a whole other well, acting they had to, they challenge had to stage everything yeah exactly. which in which was how they shot it so yeah I'm you sure know, him, I'm, him walking down the street with Ned they they shot right, 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 every right, right, right. iteration of that yeah. just you know right right in a row which they, was actually probably made it really easy to shoot this film quickly to yeah. be honest you know another weird thing but God it just occurred I, to me another alternate version of this you could the, do the poorest supervisor oh god i feel bad imagine if this is happening and not everybody in punxsutawney has this happening to them but 50 percent do Uh 50 percent of the people in punxsutawney wake up and find out that like half the people around them are suddenly all saying that they've been doing this day for a thousand years ned is having that problem i I read somebody somebody online had this theory that ned is also going through his own time loop wait well he's not doing a good job of it because he keeps doing the same thing (laughs) that's the the point the point i and i don't personally buy it but i imagine the tobolowski head just (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the snowman there but yeah the the proposition that this essay was putting forward was that uh, Ned thought that his ticket out of the time loop was to sell. Was to get Phil to like was him? To, no, it was to sell insurance, like to to sell super insurance. Oh yeah, because on, on the last day he does finally get insurance from, him, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, oh oh. And, and there is maybe so that was, was actually the thing for this yeah. movie. Well, maybe there, Bill Murray would only get out of Groundhog Day. Not forget Rita. He just needed life insurance. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> this has just been one long yeah. Allstate Groundhog commercial. Day by well, Allstate. You're in good hands. There is a clear and intentional mirroring between. Uh, Ned and Phil's kind of like first interaction where uh, uh, he's going okay this is these are the buttons that that you push okay I get that that he then carries over to uh, a floozy girl hot pink pants girl mm. he's like oh okay because mm-hmm. he's like oh yeah we went to high school remember this and that and this and, you know and you know I dated your sister and this and that and then he that's kind of the genesis of the idea that gives him to go, okay, so where'd you go to high school and blah, blah, blah. And then right. the next day, you know, use that information. Yep. So that that's, that's the theory that this essay was putting forward. I don't personally buy that it's intentional, no, but it's, but it's, it's interesting. Theory. It's yeah. interesting. The, the original ending of the, of the script, uh, because, because the romance with Rita wasn't a central thing the oh, way the weird. way it became it, it developed into yeah yeah this is a romantic comedy it seems now like it's such an obvious thing to it's do with about it. right yeah but before it was just about him kind of living this day and learning she how was, to be a real human yeah being. learning how to be a person and she yeah. was sort of one aspect of it and so the the ending of it was he gets out of his loop and discuss and the way rita is behaving she has gotten into her own loop so february 3rd she's in oh, she's in this loop what Ooh. yeah which is a terrible ending but he was like i didn't really uh, dun, you know, dun, dun, dun. there wasn't there wasn't a really thematic you know there, right. there wasn't a strong core to the the original script so it was like the ending could basically be whatever whatever so so he just went with that one he's like i still think it could have worked i'm like nah i couldn't have. i'm no. sorry it really couldn't have but um yeah screenwriting dip if your ending feels too easy keep the ending <laughs> go back and make it matter more all right 
Yeah, make the road up to it harder. But, but And there was an implication that he found other people in the town at some point who were also... I just imagine if it was like half and half, like that percentage seems to matter to me. Then what you end up with is every day people are going through this and they're probably mentioning it to people and having like a 50-50 result of, yes, it's happening to me too, or, huh, okay, bye, weirdo. But they would eventually all find each other. So every day, this community of people experiencing hell are just farther along in their conversation about it. So every day they probably, at, at some point, society would break down because they're all trying to figure out the problem communally instead of individually learning their own growth thing. Now they're trying to figure out as a community, factions would arise and there'd be like this daily apocalypse where there's already the warring factions of these people that are experiencing this hellish day. And half of the, and every day the people who live in the city that don't have that going on just wake up and half the town has is on fire minds. and they're like shooting at each other and Half shit. Half the town has completely lost their mind out of nowhere. Well yeah, nowhere. then it becomes like a Twilight Zone episode yeah. where like at the very end of the 10,000 days he walks in the city and there's another guy who goes, I saw everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw all the people you <laughs> ate. <laughs> Ceiling cat. <laughs> <laughs> well this, you know. Ceiling so cat is watching you masticate. <laughs> all right, I'll give it to you. Thank you. Uh, Good pun. <laughs> yeah. That my brain was like, no, don't do it, Brian. Don't find well, that funny. There was that episode of, of I'll get you eventually. Zone where she could just yell, shut up, and the whole town froze until she said, okay. Hmm. Oh, I don't remember that yeah, one. Yeah, that was a really dark one. And that the very, was it that or was it um, Outer Limits? No, anyway, it, was, it, was, it was Twilight Zone. I, there was certainly at least the 80s version. Yeah, she'd, and see, then, she'd say, shut up, and it would actually freeze time. Everybody freezes, and she can just, because yeah. she gets all crazed, because she's got like yelling children. That happened like on. That. And then at the very end, she realizes that there's a, 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 a like a meteor coming to crash into Earth, and she says, "Shut up!" And she realizes if she uh, unfreezes time, it's going to blow up the world. So she has to be mm. stuck in freeze time alone with no one else for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. That's dark. Mm. Super dark. It comes to the same thing, though. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It? Yeah. It's it's the end of everybody else. One way or the but other. But does she? I mean, well, that's the question: is does she age with time frozen? So will she eventually die in frozen time? Probably. Or would she just live forever? <gasps> well, at least with this, he doesn't have to moisturize. No. <laughs> yeah, but he probably has chapped lips like all the time. That's true. It's really cold. Yeah. So I think this is his manic phase. Yeah, this yeah. one, because he knows the snowballs are coming. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't he's like, do this okay. with my own children. I want lots of kids. <laughs> I want to adopt them with my own kids. I want to have foster kids. I want to. Uh, Ready uh, you for adoption. He's like, I'm going to make this one work. Oh, yeah. And he says, you know, I got work. this at Snowman City. Like, he's offering the punchline of a joke he didn't even really tell this yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's a, he's he's th- going through the phase where he's forgetting how to be a human being for a yeah. little while. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the real it, like Yeah. Setback. He really, like, he's just remembering the motions now. This is remember. the day that I would be terrified. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Which he is. Yeah. Clearly. And so she's like, yeah. ah, I can't react too loudly or I might set him off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then we go into and it's also There's a, there was a few days in, in his to... personal timeline where she ran away screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like sprinted away. There's him. There's him trying to recreate these these I, moments. I, that I love just that happened. moment. She slaps him and he's like, OK, and opens the door like still. <laughs> he's still like just that little bit of chivalry. Yeah. Madam. Well, or or, uh, or he's again going through the motions. He's like, all right, well, this is the part where she walks inside. So, yeah. <laughs> see, this is this is a great illustration of the hell that this town yeah. is. It's like all these, you know, beautiful ice sculptures that you know took a lot of skill and artistry to create, and they're all just the awful hug. looking groundhogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is apparently a real thing. 
they, they really do the ice sculpture thing in Punxsutawney. I worked on a TV show for a season that was called... I What was it called? Ice... I, I forget what it's called. I worked on a show. I did the title sequence <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I for a show, show that I forgot yeah, the name of. Yeah, people that make big good, ice sculptures. Yeah, good job. Thank you. It was yeah. an ice. It was an ice sculpt. Ice fucking, sculpture truckers. I forget what it was called. No, but I literally goddamn did the title sequence. I forget the no, name. No, it was of the like show. ice masters it, or ice wizards, something, or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was you know like TLC or one of those shows. And it's interesting. I love this shot. Yeah. Obviously, just a big prop. Yeah, I'm shot sure that's like ten feet tall. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great shot. Practical effect. Anyway, and. It was just interesting because over the course of being around a show like that, when it's a here's how we do our job sort of show, uh, you end up accidentally learning a lot about it, even more than you get from watching the show because you're hearing all the takes. Like you're hearing the entirety of that reality show being edited behind you and someone's logging over there and someone's editing over here. And it was just cool. And I ended up spending time around after like at the premiere party or something like that, they had done a few sculptures for that party. And at that point, I actually knew enough about like ice sculpture theory to talk to them about it on a level where I think they thought I knew more about ice sculpture than I did <laughs> just because I had the advantage of having seen the entire show already before it aired. So I walked up to them with all this knowledge about ice sculpture. Like, oh, this is really cool. I see what you did here. You do you did this with a chainsaw, right? And then this, this right here used a hot wire. And they're like, yeah, do you do ice sculpture? It's like, no, I've just been hearing you talk about it for like seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually have my own Groundhog Day experience. I just walked into the party for the premiere party for the ice sculpture show already yeah. knowing a lot about ice sculpture. Nice. Because I've been living that party every day for seven over weeks before that. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Roadhouse. <laughs> they used to pull the hog out and they used to eat it. You're <laughs> hypocrites, all of you. <laughs> I wonder what it would taste like. Meh. Uh, Meat. Probably pretty gamey. Yeah. yeah. It's a rodent. I th- I like the, the camera guy, though. His, his reactions are always like... This is amazing. <laughs> I, I don't. No matter no matter what's going on, he's Never like, I'm just going to keep shooting. Say what you will about Chris Elliott, but he is a cameraman in this. Like he's he's doing a cameraman right. <laughs> he is in fact. A That's cameraman. true. It's true. He's doing a cameraman you, right. You cameraman will always always roll. Always have the camera rolling if there's something to capture. And put your little hand in mine. I would have that reaction even if I weren't reliving the day. Yeah. How many days in a row, when he finally got to fuck it stage, when he was at his most depressed, do you think he kill, he he every day he would just ritualistically wake up, kill himself, wake up, kill himself? Like how many like cosmic snooze buttons do you think? Well, see, he had? the issue is is that it still would hurt. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the other issue is there, there's no. If only he had gone to bed that night with a gun under his pillow, he could at least do that faster. He yeah. still has to wake up and go kill himself. He has to go get the tools to do it. Yeah. He can't just roll over yeah. and kill himself. At he the very to, least, he, he has, has to go, go down and get the toaster or exactly, something. Exactly. Exactly. He can't just like. Oh. I want to die right now, but I have to get up to do it. <laughs> Go back to yeah. sleep. It's, it's that exact thing. It's like, oh man, it's really cold outside and this bed is so warm and comfy. I just don't want to get out of bed and kill myself. Right. It's like, <laughs> so I, it's like, it's like, I really have to pee, but I'm so comfy right now. Yeah, exactly. God, I want to kill myself, but I have to get up to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That my like life is the worst. That, that is the one moment where even, even the camera guy was like, he has to be stopped and I have to stop him. And before he's even done shooting, he's like, no, we're not going to use this. I'm just going <laughs> to, we're just going to put this away. The ca- that's the cameraman effectively Homer Simpsoning back into the bushes. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh no. I've come to the end of me. <laughs> what a great line. I can- <laughs> but that, also, is that very, what he said? Is that, I, yeah, that's, I never noticed that, that line. That, that's that's right. I've line. come to the end of me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also, you know, very philosophically, you know, pertinent in the sense that you have to 
kind of hit rock bottom before you can start to put yourself back yeah. together. God, I absolutely love the scene when the when when Punxsutawney Phil is driving. Yeah, well, yeah. The, oh my the, God. that's the thing. Don't drive angry. <laughs> that's that's not the, bad for a quadruped. That's the scene that's primarily uh, ad libbed uh, ad libbed because they side they just discovered that <laughs> the groundhog and so wanted to do that. The groundhog just kind of wrapped wanted to around the steering, the steering wheel, and so they were like, "Let's just shoot it like that." And so they did that, and Bill Murray's just, you know, <laughs> blabbing away, and they're using whatever comes out of that. There's but. not a lot of people on Earth that you can just give them a groundhog and say, "Go." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Bill, we're just gonna roll. We got ten minutes was, in this mag. I want you to just be funny. There was actually a sequence. take this groundhog and make it sound funny. There was a whole sequence where he was gonna like try to like stalk the groundhog and was like a sniper <laughs> like rifle. Caddyshack. Well, that's exactly it. When they cast Bill Murray, we're like, nope, that's Caddyshack. Now we can't do it. Right, we yeah. have to. We have to cut that sequence. But there was pro- there would probably be a period where you think that your your fortunes are entwined with the groundhog. Like if I yeah. can just kill the groundhog, there must I'll be some. Yeah. This your brain would start going into there is significance mode every day yeah. for everything. Yeah, You'd start yeah. having to figure stuff out. Well, uh, the original. It, there, there was a whole sequence where he broke the clock. <laughs> yes. The original idea was as soon as he when he, when he breaks the clock, that's what breaks the cycle. Um, when he finally figures out to do that, but then that didn't were, give him anywhere near enough yeah, time. He'd break the clock on the fifth day. Yeah, exactly. So, and it, there was no thematic, <laughs> you know, significance to it or anything. So, <laughs> come on, make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the groundhog like bit him a couple times, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Groundhog don't care. Groundhog's a badass. Don't drive, don't drive angry. angry. <laughs> 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 so. There's some, I'm sure that's a rear projection that they're using for the close-ups. They just put them on a rear projection screen and went, go. Eventually, this wouldn't even be scary anymore. For him? Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's afraid of dying because that happens once and there you go. That's how you died. It's over now. But if you ultimately would eventually break that instinct where it's like the the act of dying is absolutely meaningless. Yeah. It might hurt if it if you don't die immediately, but like he at this point might He's not pretty even good at killing like himself, when he ramps probably. off into the quarry, at this point he might not even be scared at all. Yeah. Well, what about the concept of Depending uh, on how far into his process being he is? scared of the idea that maybe maybe today was going to be the last one. I think at this point he's, he would welcome it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's what, what he's wants. doing. Yeah. He's saying I've come to the end of me. I've this is he, yeah, he's when he's when That's he's talking to Rita, he's saying he's basically leaving a suicide note. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 saying I'm pretty sure if I kill the groundhog, it's going to stop this. Is this the first time he killed kill me too? This is the first time he's yeah. killed himself in the movie, right? Is it? Yeah, I don't yes. remember seeing the suicide sequence because they're so the, the, far, the, so. sort of film grammar. They're playing this out like this is a serious moment for him. Yeah, we're about to get the suicide montage. Okay, yes. okay. So yeah, this is uh, so so no, he 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 hasn't gotten over his fear of death this is yeah this, this is, is him actually him. afraid yeah he, he's killing himself right now yeah this he is thinks that this is going to be for real yeah. how is this movie a comedy this is the darkest shit that's ever <laughs> happened how well, is it possible that this is a like this a warm-hearted is, comedy this scene like what happens right here is he gonna his be line, okay he might be <laughs> no, okay probably not now okay <laughs> and then probably not, <laughs> probably not now that's a great uh, how is that a laugh line right now but it's because we it's you know why it's because we know he's going to be okay well yeah but that's the thing it's really dark because at this point he doesn't know that he's going to be okay 60 frame fade through. Like for him, that's the darkest, lowest moment. Yes. It absolutely is. Probably I, like the worst of the, of the whole movie. Because he's like, fine, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Do you guys think it would break the movie if one time we had a guy... Okay, yeah, here's the suicide yeah. montage. We had a, we had a <laughs> suicide montage would be a good band name. <laughs> did, did, did you uh, want some toast? Or? Do, you, <laughs> do you think it would break the movie if one time we had a God's Eye establishing shot of the room at 5.59, he's sitting over there, and then at 6 o'clock... 
Yes. I don't think we need that. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, I don't think you need that, that almost that almost makes it too specific what happens. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I like the idea that it's more mysterious and more baffling. Yeah. I like the fact that you never see any actual magic whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So the the fact that there is a, a, a bit, like you say, this is the kind of the the dark night of the soul moment for him, um, when you have your char- main character in a comedy repeatedly murdering himself. This is. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I really want. I really want to discuss this. How is this movie a comedy? This well, is the darkest this, thing. Other than this scene. No, but every implication in the film is so dark. How does it? Sl- how does it? Sl- yeah. See, I think this this scene, this little moment here, is the. Uh, the darkest of the whole thing yeah it's not even just him you know being depressed or being suicidal it's It's seeing how he affects other people yeah 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 and then they're having to lie about him i don't think it actually affects either of them i think she's grossed out and horrified that someone she knows died but she doesn't care about him at this point yeah yeah she doesn't know him because he was a dick to her all that day so he basically she's known this guy to be a dick since oh wait here's the the michael shannon scene is coming up Mm. soon well one of the first one of them first yeah first part introduction and yeah i i I can see that it's Michael Shannon now. I never would have caught it because he almost looks different. He almost looks like well, yeah, <laughs> something he looks like he's nineteen years old. Yeah, yeah but, but uh, like, but now the he has years kind of have like, been rough to him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's sort of like uh, this is kind of rude, but it's it's almost like a Mark Hamill thing where it looks like he had like an accident and they patched up his face and it's just a little bit different now, sort of different face. I can see that it's Michael Shannon. It's just he looks different in some meaningful non-aging way now. Well, how how I old think is he it, now? He's I don't know. Forties. Well, this is ninety-three. He was nineteen. Yeah. So that's 21 years later. Mm. So 40. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think honestly what it is, is he's a happy person in, in this role. Mm. And I, yeah. I don't think he's ever played a happy person in any roles we've ever seen him in. Wait, who? Michael, Michael Shannon. Shannon. Oh, yeah. That, that might be it. Well, that's because, I mean, shortly in his career, he kind of fell into his character. Yeah. Of scary of guy from Boston. Scary. Yeah. Kind guy. of a creep. Kind of like the, the, the quiet... Oh. Like there he is, one. bottom right Look. corner. Oh, yeah. That's that's General Zod right there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see him clearer later. But yeah, happy. There we go. Yeah. Hey Here's guys. The, yeah. I saw on Reddit somebody uh, somebody posted that they were watching this movie on like the Country Music Channel or something, mm-hmm. and they bleeped the word "gay." Oh god. Huh. <laughs> Don't know if it's true or not. It's what I read on the internet. <laughs> they just meant he was in a good mood, man. <laughs> Uh, this this scene is is also um, speaking of which when people ask me as uh, an atheist they're like how what would it take for you to believe in a god I'm like I'm this sure. or more well no but my thing is like I'm not sure I ever could because for all I know whoever's making the claim is having one of these days like yeah. that's that's as plausible as him actually being a deity <laughs> so there's it's it's it would, be it would have to be something with physics it would, it would have to be like an act of physics changing maybe as opposed to like knowledge but even yeah if you can make the piano go up and float away right now yeah but then maybe maybe it's a balloon piano yeah or or, or maybe he's maybe he's an alien it's like well there's there's a certain point i i think that's acceptable where where it's acceptable to say okay that's where faith comes in you know what i'm just gonna i see that you can do things more powerful than me i'm gonna accept your explanation for it i'm gonna take that on faith i'm not just gonna randomly be like well yeah i believe you for no reason well here's a question because even in if I were to exp- if I were reading this situation and he just went, I know who this one is, I know who that, blah blah blah, I'd be like, okay, that's definitely weird, but I'm not gonna go supernatural yet. 
if, however, in the subsequent conversation, he starts pulling things out that the other person has no right to know. Uh-huh. I'm not sure how I'd re- how I would react. Right. How would you react if all of a sudden somebody who you didn't really know that well knew every intimate detail about your life? I would not be flattered. Yeah. I'd be, right. I'd be gonna be horrified. Right. Also, you well, have nowadays. To, nowadays, yeah. it's it's the thing is. The, w- internet stalking yeah exactly yeah. now uh, now yeah, they could be an point. internet stalker back then True. it was much more difficult to get that kind of information yeah uh, also i mean you have to understand the fact that she shared all of that information on day one right right so i mean it can't be that you know personal private mm-hmm. well somehow he's found his way past the uh, oh I, li- I do like that though how could she even like, read that handwriting yeah. yeah i can't read that handwriting and i know what it says <laughs> It's also not that surprising of a of a prediction to make. It's fairly generic, like, hey, guys, we got to go. Well, yeah, mm, but it's, it's the exact the wording that is what threw her off. Yeah, but... Got to get ahead of that weather. Hey, yeah. guys, we better get out of here if we want to stay ahead of the weather. I feel like if you knew somebody decently well and, you know, their, their speech patterns, you could have a reasonable shot of doing that. Yeah. I I do like him eventually figuring out and he's like, okay, I figured out the way to convince her on in one day. Efficiently. <laughs> like, yeah. Efficiently. Well, yeah, but also towards the, things the end, I need to say that'll convince towards her. the end, he realizes that he can't trick the system and he needs to just give up and act like normal. Do the yeah. thing. Well, as you were saying before, it's like, it's when he, he gives up that he really wins her yeah. because well, he's not he, trying to be anything. He just is. Yeah. When he starts, stops trying to beat the system and just starts, like you say, being, a person <laughs> yeah well that, that that's the thing is he's he stops trying to manipulate her and everything else and just be the best person that he can yeah, I mean, learn and, and that's what it is even before any of this started for him you know back um, back at the station he's still kind of acting as a character not really truly being himself right yeah he's putting on an affectation yeah andy mcdowell has been in other things <laughs> I think she was in yeah, I have hair no, commercials, she, hair, hair colors. Yeah. Oh, Lore, yeah, L'Oreal or maybe yeah. ads and yogurt too, right? Or is that somebody else? She's got. She's so. She's in. She's a, so like she blandly was pretty. Yeah. She was in Michael as well. That's Michael. That's the other thing that I I <laughs> remember Michael? her from. It was a movie where John Travolta was an angel. Yes. Yes. Well, angel or had a brain tumor. One or the other. No, he Wait, was, that was angel. Or was that phenomenon? Oh, yeah, you're right. That's phenomenon. No, he right, was. De- right. Yeah, he was definitely an angel in in Michael. Was Travolta oh, okay. in both of those movies? Yes. Okay, cool. That is correct. Because I thought I had just like conflated two entire movies together. <laughs> Which, well, apparently that's what I just did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like my thing and Mike's thing with John Lasseter, or where like I in yeah, my head in my head I had forgotten what Zemeckis looked like. I didn't realize I had forgotten it. I had just been using John Lasseter in my head for Bob Zemeckis. Whenever I would like picture Bob Zemeckis or any conversation talking about him, I was imagining John Lasseter, even though I, I also knew that that was John Lasseter. My brain just never went, you know, yeah. you're using the same actor for two people in your head right now, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that happens all the time in movies. I see the same guy playing. But then like, you had that people, for. So. I had that for Bob Gale. For Bob Gale. So apparently right. the Back to the Future guys are all John Lasseter. Just what if they are? <laughs> yeah. What if John Lasseter is secretly most people? <laughs> <laughs> what if John Lasseter is in this room right now? <laughs> Megan? You're the newbie. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Cars 2 is pretty bad. <laughs> Look, I, I was, I was experimenting. One. Right. <laughs> Look, that was just what I did that day in the time loop. And unfortunately, <laughs> that turned out to be the last day. That yeah. would explain it, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> I knocked I, out Cars 2 in a day. Yeah. <laughs> but I saved the mayor that same day. I was drunk. And I guess that got me through. And so. <laughs> All right. 
what, what if it was random and just like one of his blow off days is his last day and he's like well i guess i'm just an asshole all right <laughs> i'm gonna pose this as a riddle there it, can you construct with what the rules of the movie gives us can you construct a method by which you could have a recorded thing write down a thought or something take something and have it be there tomorrow too like memento style yeah give it basically if he wanted to write a book page by page and he wrote a page every day end up with a book at the end of this movie as no. opposed to end up with mm-hmm. one page i don't think no. so no you can't is there any way that's around why that? that's why that's why the uh the construction when he was trying to come up with how to count the days was reading the books because he can he can keep it in his head he can't make chalk marks on the wall or anything right. like that yeah. well the movie could just put up like a, a chiron that says day 305 right but that would be lazier there's got and it doesn't matter all he can do is memorize things that's the yeah. only thing he can do all he's got is his mind yeah exactly so i mean he could mind. do he could do like you know homer not simpson the original homer <laughs> like actually just memorizing it day by day until he can rattle off this entire novel in one go that's what that's that's how those stories originally were you know passed on that's how homer told the iliad in the odyssey it wasn't written down originally he would go like from town to town and just just sing this long poem for like a day and a half (laughs) and and that was just that's that's why epic poems are poems they're poetry because they're easy to remember remember that way yeah they were the original mnemonic device yeah I i wonder how it would be if it was modernized and there was the internet and cell phones and things like that it would have been much harder hmm. to get bored. I well, think. yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's true. Wait, well, you mean living Groundhog Day today? Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, you would eventually run out of all the interesting articles, and you'd just be looking at the day's news over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, could you post something and then please help, and then it disappears the next morning? Well, it, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was it never posted. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, remember it's it's time travel. Yeah, it, it's this it's just going time, back to the exactly. beginning of the movie. This is a this is a time travel. Yeah, movie. Yeah, but what it's if you post dated it? <laughs> But but the, the, but the fact whoa that, that's a no, no it would reset it would reset <laughs> it would reset because because right. because what, the data to what you're doing yeah because yeah. the data to send it would go away too yeah okay cool but the fact that you would still basically have access to all human yeah. information and knowledge that we currently do it would take him so much longer to get bored that would be um and you, you and know it, what you know what you know what it would really and he probably be. never would because he would find some subreddit of people who were all on his side and he'd never change because he'd just become <laughs> the god of that subreddit. <laughs> That's the thing. Even it's if like, you uh-huh. make up a new circumstance for this movie, it's still existentially palpable. <laughs> There's still something there. We just changed the circumstances entirely, and now it's a movie about being famous on the internet. Right. Well, the mo- I, that's the thing. Uh, technology has made a lot of movies. It, it, the, Cell phones and horror movies. The first, yeah, the first thing you have to do in a movie like that or like this is destroy the technology. The well, that's Blizzard why so many of the to, horror movies happen in cabins yeah, and the woods. The Blizzard would have had to knock out the Wi-Fi or something. That that's the first thing that would have yeah. had to happen because he he would have absolutely have to be cut off from the world. Or what if it was just the town just didn't have Wi-Fi? Internet? Yeah. Right. Oh God! It's like just that back ass words of a town. Well, the storm knocks out all the power lines in the cell. And no one would share their Wi-Fi password. <laughs> I forgot about that detail. That's but that, the but one that, thing you can't convince anybody to <laughs> do. Spar- Sparkleton says, what if the TimeCube website was created by Phil while stuck in his loop? <laughs> <laughs> What's the TimeCube website? I don't oh, know dude, is. TimeCube.com. Just... I'll, okay, I'll look yeah. at it later. I, I can't even begin. I forgot. There, if there, you don't know what TimeCube is, I'm not the man to just go look at it. There is a detail that I forgot about, but this movie does say that all the long-distance lines are down. Yes. yes. So he does. They have knocked out his communication outside of the town, and they can't. He can't leave the town. Yeah. yeah early when he's in the gas station, when he first tries to get out, he goes. You know, he's talking to somebody on the phone. I just realized how lights. like close this is. To like a Stephen King novel premise. Yep. Yeah. 
Only he someone, put it, he put it in the dome, but yeah, whatever. Exactly. Someone pointed out it was like under the dome took like when we were talking about cannibalism. They were like under the dome it took like it was the first day <laughs> they started eating each other. What are they looking at? He's just enjoying is his. Or is that the part where he's right looking now. at the the juke or the boombox and he's like, I should learn the piano. No, I think uh, maybe. Yeah, he's, he's listening to music. Though. Okay. Okay. So he steals money from the bank every morning just so he can fund his schemes. I don't know if he's still stealing the money from the bank or if he's just like. Well, the offers are like ten grand. Right. Well, the that's one, a thousand. one grand. Yeah. Yeah. But he inflation, and, and it's the amount of money. <laughs> it's probably the amount of money just in his pocket. He's like, I'm not doing anything else with this, so you know, it's gonna be back in my wallet again tomorrow today. So uh, why not? This Phil is know. still it's a last douche. Time you carried a thousand dollars around get in out, your pocket. Kid. This Phil, this Phil is still a douche because he could have waited forty minutes. And this minutes. is the part where the girl actually like snaps and becomes killer later on. Like, yeah. She has that look just like, I'll get him. <laughs> wow, she does. Yeah. That's the last time I get kicked out of a piano lesson by Bill fucking Murray. <laughs> no one will ever believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope those stories are true. Or at least one of them is. And other people have been making up stories with that detail. Where Bill Murray will just come and tap you on the shoulder and say, no one will ever believe you and walk so away. Actually, someone asked him, uh, someone are those asked things him true? in the Reddit AMA if those things were true. He's like, I don't remember doing that, but it sounds like something I do. Well, didn't they were saying, <laughs> wasn't there something saying that all of those reports of him going around like crashing college frat parties were all false? There's pictures of him I, being a bartender yeah. at South by Southwest or something. I know those are not all false, but they may have, a lot of them may have been falsified. Mm-hmm. And, there, and there was that one where... I know, I know people or not know but i'm aware of people like you know on twitter and stuff who have been like bill murray just came and hung out with us and is like have posted pictures with so, him just so, randomly so, so it i happens. saw a post that someone had about an experience like that with daniel radcliffe where like it was like a place like this and radcliffe was in la and he met some people at a bar and he came and like hung out and like drank and played in 64 with them all night long he crashed on yeah. the couch and left the next morning <laughs> it's just like I've had it's like, like the scene in Almost Famous or something. <laughs> yeah. Like this is my home now. Well, there is the there is the one of the kids ran into Bill Murray in like an airport or something. You're like, will you do the thing? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I will like walk in slow motion yeah. down the hallway with you. How about that? Yeah. And so yeah, and there's that footage exists. Yeah. And it's just these random kids with Bill Murray. So he does that. He likes to. He likes to you know hang out and. Whatever, because what else is he doing? He's f- fucking flush on Groundhog Day and well, isn't Bill Murray is, is it Bill Murray is the one that uh, he doesn't have an agent? Yeah, you just have to yeah. leave your or, phone number at voicemail and yeah. hope. That yeah, he yeah. and for a while it. there, he had uh, he hired an assistant who was a deaf or a deaf mute, right, deaf mute, yeah. right? Who knew sign language, but nobody else did, including Bill yeah. Murray. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what movie? Yeah, there was there was some movie that that that's hosed him on because they wanted him for it and he had no idea. It was Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. They wanted him. They, they wanted, wanted him from for Roger Rabbit and they couldn't get in touch Eddie with him. Valiant. They couldn't get in touch with him and he had no idea until he read an he read an interview with like Zemeckis who was uh, like, "Yeah, we wanted Bill Murray, but he never called us back." And he was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like the one real, time he the really himself. sad part in the movie. Of course, oh, that's yeah. just because Bill Murray wanted to be in a Pixar movie. <laughs> Don't we all Zemeckis? Ah, yeah. So da da da. Uh, yeah, so there's something I didn't notice. Until there is a, there is a sadness to the fact that there is one thing that he can never change. Yeah, this guy is going to die today, no matter what he does. And every day he has to pay taxes. <laughs> uh, and something I didn't notice until oh, rewatching it today. Every day was tax day. <laughs> no, I have to sign all these papers. Is the fact that he calls the guy basically every name for father that there is. Mm-hmm. He calls him father. He calls him pop, dad. 
Oh, he refers God. to him as as his dad. That's an interesting note. Yeah, yeah. Oh. that's not a, a. I mean, it's not a thing because I don't think he even talks about his his dad at all. But yeah, there's no other mention of his parents or his family yeah. otherwise. But he just refers to this guy as his dad. Yeah. God damn it! You yeah, he spent <laughs> here. He is here. He is about to spend like ten years trying to become a doctor to try and save I lo- this I one love dude. The fact, by the way, which they reference later on because the other guy calls the him other, doctor. Yeah, they call Connor. him doctor. Yeah. I love the fact that, that we're like lol suicide, lol cannibal serial killers, <laughs> lol date rape. Oh, the old guy But yeah, I'm an old homeless <laughs> oh, guy. Dead hobo. Oh. <laughs> that look on his face too. He's like, yeah. I get to eat? Fuck. That's why. And he's dead. <laughs> Come on, dad. Come on, pop. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he says he says father when he first walks up to him. Yeah, and then pop and dad, 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 yeah, daddy. I caught that before. And why is there an old homeless guy in this tiny little town where everybody knows everybody, and everybody just ignores this one human dying nature, Megan. old man? Yeah, exactly. Because people are hell. Yes, but isn't it like this <laughs> tiny town where everybody's up in each other's business? Not to mention it's fucking freezing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, the answer to your question is they used to have a really bad homeless problem, but it's been a long winter. Damn. Oh, boy. Speaking of the long winter. Uh, when Chekhov saw the long winter, yeah. even he wasn't as depressed as after that <laughs> yeah. sequence. It, it is interesting that this is the... That after that sequence is the... We, we come into the acceptance fill. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It, it is... I mean, I don't think it follows exactly the... That seven, what five, it, doesn't, it doesn't follow the Kubler Ross model, but it, but it now, is. But. Well, yeah. yeah, I guess like the part where he kills himself for the first time is like the darkest moment for him on a selfish level. Yeah, yeah. and then this is the nar- darkest moment for him when he's already become a human being and he's starting to accept the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is. It it is basically it's basically the serenity prayer, right? You know, God grant me yeah, the the, yeah. the grace that, to change but, the things I can, accept the things I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference. But and so right the first he's being, trying to he's trying to. Uh, well, with the old guy, he's like, he's accepting that there are things that you, he can't change. Yeah. And well, he's, he's also, it's showing that he is actually, he has humanity now. Yeah. Yeah. Because he actually gives a shit about somebody else for once. Yeah. Just one. It's, well, it's true. It's, you, you start with one and then you move and yeah. then you expand yeah. from there. But he, he starts, he, he changes the things that he can yeah, change. Yeah, then he then starts he, helping other people yeah. when he can't help that one guy. Yeah, well, he, he, he starts changing the things he can. Then he confronts the fact that there's at least one thing that he can't change. But then he's he starts to develop the wisdom of knowing the difference. That little shit. You have never, never thanked me. me. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> this is a solid ass movie, man. Now the credits do the and instead of the ampersand for for Ruben and, and Remus. Yeah. So and it's Ruben. Ru- it's Ruben for well. Ruben gets a story by by himself. Right. And then the script gets uh, Ruben and uh, Remus. Remus. Yeah. So he was probably so that means that Ramus probably took the last Ruben draft and did some tweaks to it. They they basically went back and forth, but they never sat together and wrote, wrote a draft. It was it was always Ruben writes writes a revision, Ramus does some revisions. They, they you know we need we need something else. Ruben go go write that while I'm you know actually working on the movie. Uh, the the other stuff that's okay, and then he comes back and Ramus touches it up. So it was never it was a collaboration, but it was never a co writing thing it was like right. you write it and then i'll write another version and, and back and forth like that the mayor is uh brian doyle murray his brother yeah point out so that guy his, that? His, yeah. yes his younger brother by the really? way Nuh-uh. Just, yeah. despite what you might think and his other brother is, the, too, is right? one of the voices on the radio right oh uh, maybe yeah probably there's like 
how many Murray brothers are there? Like five? <laughs> I, I actually and like don't know. Four of them have I just, careers. I just know Brian Doyle Murray ha- because he so often appears next to. Have yeah. you ever had a band, a family band? <laughs> the, Mar- the, the five Murrays. Yeah. Well, I did. You guys know that the Murray Five. Uh, Tom Hanks doesn't do the voice of Woody for games or for ads. His his brother Jim, Jim, Jim Hanks, Hanks. Yeah. And he does a really great. Jim Hanks is also like <laughs> a voice actor in general, but. He can do a dead-on Tom Hanks impression. And I was really amused because at one point I was watching Scrubs. I was just binging on Scrubs on Netflix. And there's a joke they set up where there's a doctor named Hooch. Hooch is crazy. And uh, they, they set him up with a guy named Turner, a Dr. Turner. And it's a sight gag. It only happens once. Like, they, they show the names on the chart and then Hooch and this white guy walk by. And it's Jim Hanks. Uh-huh. So there's, like, this passing thing where you're like, that looks like Tom Hanks. That's not Tom Hanks. That really looks like Tom Hanks. <laughs> and he's gone. But it's... It was Jim Hanks, at which point I was like, I must see him in everything ever. And the only other time I've ever seen him like moving and talking on camera is in the uh, documentary that um, John DiMaggio just put out. I know that voice about voice actors. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the Jim Hanks. The, 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 the trivia on this movie said that um, Tom Hanks was um, considered considered for the role. But um, Harold Ramis decided that he was too nice to play the part. Maybe that, I believe that. I think mm-hmm. he could have pulled it off. I can I imagine Raymond making that decision, but I think Tom Hanks could have pulled it off. I agree. I think Bill Murray's still a better. I choice. think Bill Murray's a better choice. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't imagine Tom Hanks pulling off the mean Phil as as well. I as can't. Bill yeah. Murray I, no, because he, he, he has can. been mean, especially in the early days. He could be mean. Um, He's kind of rapey in the red shoe. What I, I what I can't imagine actually is Tom Hanks being an nihilist. Like, I can't imagine Tom Hanks ever <laughs> I mean, going, you know what? Fuck everything. I mean, there Tom is, there, there is Castaway where he kind of snaps. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But that's different. That's that's psychosis. That's not like... Okay, so let's envision this as Tom Hanks and Tori Amos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tori Amos, I'm going to just pass Just because it's just right like away. such a bizarro uh, even idea. They probably wouldn't have both got cast in the same. Uh, no, because no. that's that's also. An, I don't an think important. she would ever actually have been cast. To begin well, with. if it were Tom Hanks, then it would have been Meg Ryan, obviously. If this, uh, mo- yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this it, it wouldn't have happened then, just because of what was going on then. But if this movie was made now, Robert Downey could pull this off. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He I could start think. being a really likable absolute dick. Yeah, and becomes a nice guy at the end. Yeah, he, I agree. He could, he could pull that he'd off. Be, you mean Iron guy. Man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Iron Man, basically. Well, exactly. He would play this. All it took was the love he, of a he good plays woman. This, he plays this role all the time. <laughs> and, a, and a flying suit of armor. And yeah. Lots and lots and lots of money. <laughs> so this also... At which the, point the, does this piano teacher lady not take the credit for the fact that he walked in today saying he needed piano lessons, yeah. but he was already Art Tatum. <laughs> well, that's that's the joke. Oh, also coming up is, is the uh, extended uh, Michael Shannon scene. Yes. Where you're just sitting there looking at him and going, I know that's Michael Shannon, and yet that's so weird. Yeah. What's that's great? Michael Shannon right there on the left, the old lady. <laughs> the shorter <laughs> one of the two. Uh, yeah, what's so great about the implication here is the idea that he's he has this reputation that feels like it would needs to have been built up over years. Yeah. Absolutely, which from yeah. his, his perspective, it has been. But he's but for him he just, just had a very long he day. Just, but for he just everybody spent else, ten like, hours rampaging around town. <laughs> yeah, he's like just building this amazing reputation in you know eight hours' time. Yeah. Which I mean, in a in a small town, you can do if if you have spent if, if you've spent the whole day like maximizing your efficiency, going okay, I got to save the kid in the tree, and then I got to save the mayor. 
uh, I've, I have just enough time to make an arc so I can stop that car accident and like so oh, wait, if that's the way you're doing here we it go. My there's, uh, there's Zod smiles and all see what I'm saying like he doesn't There's he, I can tell that it's Michael Shannon but there's also something different going on with his face I really think it's because he's happy no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he doesn't have like a cigarette shoved between his teeth and a scowl what yeah I mean t- tell me right now what other role have you seen Michael Shannon in where he smiled or laughed Patch Adams. Oh, that was Rob Williams. Uh, didn't he smile a little bit in a Cecil B. Demented? Uh, I, I forgot he was in Cecil B. Demented. I think I forgot I watched Cecil B. Demented. It's John Waters, right? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> but didn't it only really take about one day for uh, in Tu Wong Fu for them to kind of like change the whole... They were there for like a week. I don't know what you're talking about. Too long yeah. food. Thanks for everything, Julie. You're Newmar. into weird things. I, <laughs> I I've seen I I don't remember the movie that well, but there's a I mean there's a lot of movies. Megan, feel like bad about day. your opinions and preferences. Oh, psh. no. Too long food. You must be part of that fine. fringe culture. This is an us problem, not a her problem. <laughs> no, it's a Thank her problem. <laughs> Get out of here. Of course, the two deviants over there, <laughs> the two preverts. <laughs> Proverts, sir. Thank Over. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sweater. Jesus. Now, later. Mm, yeah, I think that sweater. I don't know how I feel about man auctions. To be, uh, uh, yeah, it's we're, objectification. We're talking, we're talking about the one day thing. This is but misandry. This is this down is, with the matriarchy. <laughs> it's okay to, to objectify <laughs> what happened. Man. What happened with <laughs> Phil is, is double standards. What happened with <laughs> Phil is very similar to uh, uh, to Scrooge. It was like he was one person and he woke up the next day and it's like now he's buying everyone turkeys and yeah. running around and everyone in, in Christmas Carol just went with it. That's what they should <laughs> so, do. They should do a modern version of a Christmas Carol with Bill Murray. Ah. Why yes. did they ever do that? <laughs> I've still never seen that movie. It's good. <laughs> yeah? I like Scrooge. Honestly, is it better than Christmas Muppet Christmas Carol? Uh, Muppet two... Christmas, I think Muppet Christmas Carol is actually the best Muppet movie. No, no, yeah, they're two, they're All two in as a things. script. I think it's the best of the they're Muppet movies. I think they're two separate things that that are that both. I knew you weren't you, suited you for literature. Both of them. Yeah. What, See, what, what's should... one? Do, what's Muppet movie are you? Great promoting? Muppet Caper. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Muppets good, Take yeah. Manhattan. Hello. Oh, that one's good. good too. But the problem is, is that everybody loves uh, uh, the the Muppet Carol because it's perfect. Except it's already based off a different story. That's so you true. can't it's really call thing. it like a full-on Muppets movie because it's... That's true. It's just an adaptation. Mm, it's a very good adaptation. It is. It's well, a great yeah. adaptation. And it's got Gonzo in it. It's probably one of the best Christmas carols. Boom. True. That's certainly true. No, the Jim Carrey one. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I never even saw that one. Oh my God, it was a horror It was show. also directed by... I, w- I, would spend, I would spend several loops figuring out what was that one thing you could say to each person in that town that would just piss them the hell off. <laughs> just oh, yeah. was that one thing where they're like, like i think you need to leave now yeah <laughs> i love yeah. The, i love the comedy drummer here by the way because there's on stage there's a drummer who's participating in this bit just by going like the sarcastic comedy drummer is a role that's very hard to get oh poor chris elliott usually the drummer only throws in a rim wait the drummer could do rim shots too the drummer can be the most sarcastic person on stage without no without any recognition whatsoever imagine that amount of power you can just basically dismiss someone's whole point by giving them a rim shot it's like up really with a rim shot i was being serious oh i hate you randy I liked you more when you were on bongos. God. No, but seriously, the famine in Uganda is a serious topic and we really need to... <laughs> <laughs> Feline leukemia. 
They're like pulling him off the stage with the old yanking stick. We all need one of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we we totally missed. I w- wanted to point out we totally missed the, the way Steven Toblowski runs away, and that w- in when uh, yeah, he's Bill Murray fun. like he's like oh he's like I gotta go, I gotta go. yeah I gotta go I gotta go he has like this like lean forward run <laughs> lean forward arm straightened run that's actually how I approach most interactions <laughs> is lean oh, forward oh, oh I would think that'd be more how you leave most interactions oh that's what I meant yeah <laughs> I was Steven Toblowski. <laughs> This is a very lovely moment, but I'm not sure why he did an ice sculpture of Mary Elizabeth Mastriano from the abyss. Mm. <laughs> well, they already had the laser scan. The so. oh, okay. head. There you go. That's actually really haunting. Steven Toblowski's yeah. head is encased <laughs> inside of it. Yeah. It starts bleeding out the eyes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Bill Murray. That mug. I wonder. I wonder if you could find. I know how. Wait, the fact that Bill Murray is like the romantic lead in this is that could never happen today. Well, it was John speaking, C. Speaking of the Oscars John before, oh, that's true. seeing the, the close-up HD of of Bill Murray now, he looked like he was wearing the Zombieland makeup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks like he must have had a, like a pockmark thing in childhood or something. He's always had that kind of face. Yeah, yeah. I just love that, and and John C. Riley has the same kind of face. It's the sort of face that you can describe as a mug. Like, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird, it's not the traditional leading man face, but with the right actor, it's incredibly endearing. Tom Hanks has the same thing going on. That's true. Yeah. It's well, true. Tom Hanks is a little more kind of middle America white guy, normal looking. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Tom Hanks is like a genuinely attractive man. Yeah, people like John C. Riley and, and Bill Murray. It's that face that if they were anybody uh, else other than a movie star, you'd be kind of like, Ugh. Well, yeah, it's... If they didn't have the amazing sense of humor that they had, well, it was yeah. like you would not, they yeah. would not get away with that face. <laughs> Will Ferrell, too. Yeah. I like this, the subtlety. I, I mean, it, I guess it's kind of obvious, but the subtlety of starting just like a beat different when it, when it clicks over in the song. Yeah. So you, you can notice, but you, you might not um, immediately until... If, until they change what they're what they're saying. Now there's a funny. <laughs> and I love his look. He's like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah, I <laughs> what is happening just, right now?" He just keeps saying to her, "Why are you here still?" Yeah, and and she doesn't react by going like, "You asshole." Yeah. Now in the did you guys read the 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 wiki for this movie? There was an anecdote about the like assistant set supervisor or something. Apparently, th- Bill refused to shoot this scene until they had decided what he was going to be wearing in it. Mm. Not because he's being a prima donna, prima donnas, about, the, prima about donnas. being an actor, but because he's like, there's a very specific difference between he wakes up wearing what he had last night or he wakes up in the normal get up. Because one, that's actually a choice about what you're saying about that scene. That's not just what he's wearing right now. And everyone couldn't decide, should he be wearing the exact same thing, but then things are different? Or should it be that he still has last night's clothes on or whatever? And they were split down the middle. And eventually it was at a standstill and it said like the set supervisor lady who it was her first movie or something. This is an anecdote from wiki. So it might not even be true. Uh, said if he isn't wearing what he was wearing last night, it ruins the movie. Yeah. And then and Ramos was like, all right, that, that decides that we're doing this. Well, what do you mean? If he, if he isn't wearing what he's wearing last night, you mean if he isn't wearing what he's normally if, if, wearing, if you're not seeing the results of last night in his clothes, then you're ruining the movie. He need, you need to see the difference of today too. Wasn't, now, but it doesn't that look like his, 
his PJs? I think it's like a differently buttoned scenario or something like that. I don't remember. I don't know what the difference is that you're talking about. I just know that that was an anecdote. Well, the PJs they, he had yeah, were dark solid, blue, right? Solid oh, dark yeah. blue. Yeah. yeah. No, so it is. Yeah, that's not his definitely. pajamas. That's a shirt. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Shirt, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. He just has very pajama looking shirts. That's all. <laughs> is there anything I can do? For well, he today? did turn into an artist <laughs> at the end. <laughs> what did he whisper to her at the end of Groundhog Day? I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got subtitles. Okay, never mind. Yeah, but he's he's learned his lesson. He's like, what can I do for you? What can I do? I'm going to keep... Be, I, I guess that's probably what he's taking... What, what he takes away from it. He's like, I'm going to be that person every day now so that I can continue winning that day and not have to repeat it. Well, I have to keep... I have to start using condoms again, don't I? <laughs> God, this is a great movie. I wonder, I wonder if, like, he gets in a fight with her one day and the day repeats and he's like, oh, okay, I see. Okay, cool. I, can, I get to try this <laughs> This one whole again. time, Rita was God. I didn't yeah. realize that. She was teaching me a lesson. Also, Rita, Yoda, I'm just saying. <laughs> what? She's an all-powerful master that's just fucking with you until you learn your lesson. Hmm. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, but isn't that all girlfriends, really? Have you ever seen Andy McDowell and Yoda in the same room at the same time? <laughs> in the chat, that is not a post-Blizzard snow dump. It really isn't. Because yeah. the, the walk was shoveled. It was perfectly uh, perfectly cleared out. That well, I don't think I don't think the blizzard hit Punxsutawney. I think it hit everywhere around, and that's what trapped them in. Ah, because I'll, I'll allow your redcon. Yeah, because well, because you watch the and what I was saying at the beginning actually is the the clouds, the roiling clouds at the beginning are the closest we get to any hint of something like supernatural or strange going on, and so we we bookend by the the weird kind of. Uh, almost magical roiling clouds and then we've got these normal Simpsons looking clouds yeah Simpsons looking clouds that, that have kind of uh, interesting uh, I never made that observation out. before but sure but it's a very fish. it's a very subtle thing and I, I wouldn't have the, the groundhog's name is Scooter yeah that, that would have been that would have been something that you would dismiss as, an, as an internet you know theory it, except that the, the screenwriter himself specifically said I lobbied to get weird clouds in the opening just so there was like some hint that something weird was going on lots no. of movies open on clouds I guess it's just fun so you don't think about it yeah, yeah. you don't you, you, I back think to the that's future why you don't really clouds, think about it? it in this one yes. uh, no it opens no back to the future 2 does yeah and that's because he's about to come out of the yeah. time machine in, the, in sky okay Flight of the Navigator starts with clouds too, I think. Uh, it does through, yeah. until the until and then you get dogs. dogs. Yeah, slow mo, slow mo. And dog then you bites. get flying dogs. Ah! Anyway, I fucking love Groundhog Day, and Yay. I'm 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 really enamored with the fact that this nice little studio comedy with Bill Murray in it that could have been as middle of the road as they come, and we still wouldn't have hated it. Actually, went out of its way, or ended up, I guess, being this cohesive you can actually pick apart this movie and you will still find meaning in all the different things here it's just a great metaphor to make a movie about they made a great movie about the metaphor and thank god it's here so mm -hmm. high five and i'm i will personally it definitely holds i will i will carry the burden of having to know about the holiday groundhog day because there's a movie about it now <laughs> to keep the movie because it's awesome so and high, high five ramus uh, and yeah what and I, was, I was gonna say though what you're talking about is definitely ramus coming to a script that was already fun and solid and going, okay, here's how we, just like he did with Ghostbusters. The reason Ghostbusters works today is because he came at a, a script that was a cool idea and was like, okay, now we're going to make this about people. <laughs> and we're going to make this recognizably about people at the center of this. Yeah, Frankie Yankovic is a polka legend. And tell a, and tell a story about that. And so 
um, the the it's it's not an accident that Harold Ramis has so many. You know, he didn't just make good choices of things to put his name on. He is the reason that so many trees, 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 trees. A poem by Joyce Kilmer. Use with permission. All rights reserved. They credited a poem. In the credits. Isn't that the one where he's where they're reading in bed and he's saying, you know, I think the last thing you heard is God God can only make a tree or only or, God can make a tree. Or something. I've just never seen a poem credited like a song gets credited. Oh, that's it's still cool. copyrighted material. Yeah, I guess yeah. you have to. Interesting. All right. Brian? Yeah, I love it. I think it's a classic. And even as, as loved as it is, I think it's frankly underrated because <laughs> it's amazing. And it's... Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm it's only an admirable goddamn movie. I'm only kind of half kidding when I say it's one of the triumphs of 20th century philosophy and just in terms of at least an expression of this is you it know, definitely starts conversations yeah and it's 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 you know so you know i always uh, pull out the nicholas meyer thing you know like well why did you tell me that story what was the point you know what what was the reason you sat me down in the first place and this i think is probably one of the greatest films yeah at least modern films to pass that test be so. careful how you see the world because it's like that well it's if if you if you're using the model of a there's story, so many there's so many answers to that question. Yeah, so many valid answers to that question in this movie. Well, if if you're using the model of the reason you know a story is a story because it's trying to tell you about how to behave or how not to behave as a human being, mm -hmm. and here here is some kind of information about how to behave as a human being. This I think is one of the finest examples of of that idea in terms of here's how not to do it and here is how to do it. You know, it's it's funny. I was reading you know I was reading up online and. Obviously, there's a there's a big like you know Buddhist interpretation of you know because there's, there's a lot of Buddhist themes in this, which I'm sure if Eddie were here, he would he would have been able to speak much more intelligently. <laughs> you, about. you can project a lot of you can project Christian themes on this. Hey, here you exactly can, the so. thing because I was I was looking through old Reddit threads and there was a lot of those like Buddhist threads about it, and there was a couple of Christian threads, and there was even a, a Red Pill uh, oh. subreddit thread, <laughs> which if you're not familiar with the Red Pill. It's the subreddit on Reddit is online community of basically uh, misogynists, uh, reactionaries to feminism. Just really terrible, awful men, people about like not not treating women as equal human beings, basically. But it's like it was it was that juxtaposition that all I these found, different communities claiming it. Yeah, it was this juxtaposition that I found really fascinating of like these Buddhists going, yes, this is a really Buddhist thing. And all these, you know reactionary misogynist going yes this is also this is exactly right and it's reading their own thing and on some level reading the same fundamental thing in terms of like this is how to be a human being and this is a way to actualize yourself but at least in one case misunderstanding yeah, I think, honestly, <laughs> yeah. the, the thing that i take away the most from the movie is is what you said earlier about you know how the the best day of his life and the worst day of his life happened with the exact same yeah. situation i love that's that, how I, I love that insight i think it's a great yeah great yeah insight. that's that's when i read that i was like oh my god i love this movie even more now <laughs> yeah it's true just how you approach the world it's the which, same which, people, yeah same which is situations. another um what what's the quote i, I forget the phrasing or the, the but it's you know it's you can't choose what happens to you. You can only choose how you react. Yeah, to absolutely. Yeah. What you choose to do about it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I was. My, my thing was be careful how you see the world because it's like that. Yeah. 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 Dorkman. I fucking hate this movie. That I don't know that there's. <laughs> what is your deal, Dorkman? Yeah, I don't feel like there's anything. We're all just trying to have really a good time here, Mike. To add Dorf about Dorfman. it, so I will uh, see the remainder of my time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the senator from State Megan has the floor. <laughs> Oh, I thought I said my point already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how I thought. Yeah, I, I think it's a wonderful film and it held up throughout the years. And, you know, we can all learn a little something no. about ourselves and about the world. 
Put your booties on because it's cold out there today. <laughs> it's cold out there I every got day. You, babe. This has been What Are You Doing Movie. You can always form episodes at friendsinyourhead.com for this and other wonderful podcasts. Go to the forum, involve yourself in the conversation. It's really great and outstanding, and we're not arguing about True Detective. <laughs> um, buy our shirts. I caught up last night, so I can finally read that thread. Give us money. Yay. Uh, yeah, for the next couple hours until the next episode. Twitter.com slash friends in Urhead. Facebook friends in your head. Friends in your head at gmail.com. Holden Hill Design and the website. Until next time, my name is T. Christie. Brian Vinifter. Hi, Scott. Mega Mayhem. And this has been What Are You Doing Movie? Thank you much for listening. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bing. <laughs> Too early for flapjacks? <laughs> am I right or am I right? Oh, Saying what I'm doing. <laughs> Oh, damn it. And Trey's joke in the cloudy chance of meatballs thinking about that's what Sarah Palin is doing all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking her name. (laughs) Sarah Palin. (laughs) Oh. We have fun. (laughs) Friendsinyourhead.com.